Live from Chicago, it's Saturday morning. It's the Murph and Fred Show. Starring Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, and featuring Sean Davis. Now here's your host, Murph and Fred. Good morning, everybody. Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, and you. Nine till noon. That's that's right. And Fred, nine till noon. That's us. Uh, nine till noon this yeah. week. A little shorter next week, ah. but we'll get into that and everything. <laughs> it rained a little bit down here. People are all walking around. The ground is wet, but uh, I don't think it's supposed to rain too, too much today. Ah. The Aaron Water Show. You oh. never know what's going to happen with the Aaron Water Show. No, no, no. They come right down here. We wave to the guy. Just yeah. about. They uh-huh. could come right down here. Just turn sideways, go right underneath the... Uh, the uh, state and lake L. Uh-huh. That'd be fine. Three three two three seven seven six. Lots to lots to cover, and there'll be a lot to cover. But uh, we open up a few lines as always for Cubs fans. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. And those tired White Sox fans who were stayed up till after midnight watching the White Sox get a win and James McCann going deep with a ah. another Grand Slam is second in a week. Do you think two Grand Slams get you the Player of the Week in the American League? No, but uh, Bill Walton would have voted for him. I don't know who you're talking about. Hey, big bad Sean. That's your little Bill Walton uh, last night uh, with uh, Jason Benetti. Fred just mentioned the Grand Slam home run by there McCann. It goes. There it goes. Deep to left. There it goes. And down. It's gone. Oh, my gosh. You called the gapper. Is that what it's called? That one, you called. I to called it Sloan. Grand Slam. Oh, my gosh. Damn. Whoa. What a fantastic turn of events. If you love the Chicago White Sox, and I'm falling in love by the breath. Highlights courtesy of good old NBC Sports Chicago. Excuse me while I hurl. <laughs> so... Did you stick with the audio on the entire nine innings? I didn't have the audio on. I I actually told Sean I didn't have the audio up at all. I did have the audio on for seven seconds when when Bill Walton said, before we get into anything, uh, condolences to my good friend Peter Fonda who passed away. And Jason Meddy goes, was he a good guy? He goes... Did you see Easy Rider? That's got nothing to do with if he's a good guy or not. I said, that's enough. I don't need to see anymore. And so I listened to about seven or eight seconds of Bill Walton last night. That's it. Otherwise, hey, the game plays the same way with the mute button on. Well, uh, we have uh, some more Bill Walton cuts uh, between now and noon. I'm sure they'll be just as uh, non-exciting as any of them. To keep Fred on the edge of his chair right there. What's even more unbelievable is the number of people that enjoyed the heck out of it. Okay, you must not enjoy baseball if, in fact, you enjoyed what Bill Walton gave you. Well, they're going entertainment, and they figure they have to uh, keep their uh, viewers, and they're going to maybe, let's appeal to, a, I don't know who they're really appealing to. No, but, I don't either. Uh, let me just say this, though. I, I liked it for one game. I don't think I could take two games, and I don't think that's the point. Well, it was tonight, a one-time yeah, thing, you well, know. Yeah, tonight you get the writer and yeah. creator of Parks and Rec, which I didn't. I don't want. Didn't watch that either. And then tomorrow you get a Saturday Night Live alum. So uh-huh. that's going to be. Yeah, they're <laughs> just they're just Jason, but he's just trying to show that actually his humor is funny, which it isn't. Sox uh, win that game seven to two. Bears. We will visit uh, in about one hour. Well, just about one hour from now, exactly. Arthur Arkush. Pro Football Weekly. Uh, the score is not really that uh, important. Thirty-two to thirty. Unless, of course, 
uh, you know, one of the... Uh, unless you had the over. No, unless you're one of the... Uh, Mike North uh, and you did that show. You had uh-huh. the great show. Yeah, and I uh, The odds it. couple. I gave people uh, another two-team uh-huh. parlay winner. So yeah, see? That works. I gave them the Giants and the over. It was a 10-9 Giants win. A few highlights uh, from the... the baseball Giants. From the uh, Bears game that... Uh, we will talk about at 10 o'clock with Arthur Arkish. And the Cub game last night, 3-3-2-3-7-7-6. Let me do this. I, I was th- thought you were giving the score there for a second. 3-2. The, uh, the phone number? 3-2 yeah. was the score. So I thought you were giving the score. <laughs> but no, the number, 3-3-2-3-7-7-6. Well, the Cubs did lose 3-2. to two. Uh, I was thinking about this. Number one. Four weeks ago, I think around this time, right in the beginning of the show, I think, Fred, I, I said something along the lines of, well, if you're mad, you haven't been you haven't been paying attention or you're new listener to the Murph and Fred show uh-huh. because uh, you shouldn't be mad. Uh, this has been festering and, and it's been developing uh, for quite a long, long time. Don't want to uh, necessarily... You know, uh, rehash the uh, last uh, four years since the World Series. Well, three and a half years. But things have been developing this way. So if you're mad, if you're a Cub fan and you're mad, well, I don't think you should be mad. You should say to yourself, well, haven't I been watching what's developing? Uh You should have been mad a long time ago. Uh, Another thing, low-hanging fruit. We're going to talk about that, Fred. Okay. Low-hanging fruit. You know what the low-hanging fruit is? The low-hanging fruit is uh, Joe Madden. Right. Easy to reach up and grab, you know. And the low-hanging fruit would be, well, like a Derek Holland. You know, he throws the grand slam. It's not Derek Holland's fault that they put him in and they, the Cubs brought him over to be their left-handed uh, one-out guy. He didn't put a he didn't put a gun to anyone's head and say, give me a dollar and I'll sign with you, no. Theo. Uh-uh. No, no, no. No. Low-hanging fruit. Oh, that Kinsler. Oh, my God. Joe Madden, what's he thinking? You know, that's the low-hanging fruit. That, that's, that's what's easy to get to. Another item. See, I've seen this. This is nothing. Uh-huh. Now, 50 years from now will be 2069. Okay. I know that because 50 years ago was 1969. Yep. See how easy that is? Uh-huh. So that was Woodstock, right? Fifty. Well, it was a collapse of the '69 Cubs, too. Okay. Okay. So, fifty years from now, young guy like you, Sean, big bad Sean. Good morning. How you doing, buddy? What's going on, Murph? All right. Fifty years from now, it'll be 2069, my friend. Correct. And you know what? You're going to be, you know, a national a TV, national radio doing sports. I'll be 112. Sean Davis. Well, maybe you'll be with them. You can say, I'm still the oldest guy yeah. around. I still want you off my lawn. So, in 50 years, you know, people are going to come fans and uh, oh, the guys that have been around, like like you, Sean, you're going to be an old timer, 2069, you're going to say, this is nothing. This is nothing. I saw it all in 2019. This is nothing. Well, that's what I'm saying. This is nothing. In 1969, Fred? Yep. Sean, that was before your time, I'm guessing? 1960. Okay. A little bit. In 1969, this happened every day for 30 straight days. <laughs> I'm serious. Yep. I've heard about it. No. Every my dad, so, day yeah. for 30 days. So... 
Don Young drops the ball in center field. Uh, Hickman throws a guy out at home by uh, about five steps. Hundley tags him, and the ump goes safe. Uh, right fielder for the Mets, Ron Swoboda, the worst defensive right fielder in baseball, makes a circus catch to him, save the day at Chase Stadium. Every day for 30 days. Is, I'm used to this. This is nothing. Now, I'm not going to do R-E-L-A-X. No, it's P-A-N-I-C. I understand that. Well, you got 44 more days till the season's over. So The season's exactly one-fourth over, give yeah, or take, yeah, right? 44 more days till the season's over. And 41 so. more games. Jesse Rogers at 11. Jesse's usually at 10, comes at 11 today. He's out in the Pittsburgh, and there'll be Joe Madden and the, and the presser. Here's one thing I'm going to ask Jesse Rod. I've got a lot of things. I'm going to ask Jesse. On the list. Jesse, do the Cubs have money trouble? Okay. I haven't heard anyone bring that up, have you? Maybe they have. I don't know. I try to listen all the time. Money troubles? No. I've not heard him bring up money troubles. Could it be they have Gallagher money trouble? Way, there seems to be enough money there. Well, I know that. The Brick House oh, Tavern seems I... to be enough money there. It's the only possible reason. It's the only possible answer. Three three two three seven seven six. That low hanging fruit. What's Joe thinking? Did you know, Fred? You knew this. After the Harper Grand Slam uh-huh. Thursday night into fr- into into Friday, people were actually saying, "What's wrong with Joe Madden? Why didn't he intentionally walk Harper with the bases loaded?" Yeah, well, it was five to three. Was it, you sure it wasn't Bill Walton that asked that? It was five to. Th- it was five to three. There's one out in the bottom of the ninth. The bases are loaded and Harper's up. And why don't you walk a two forty eight hitter to get to a guy that's beating the hell out of the ball? So let's think. And this was everywhere. Yeah. This was omnipresent. This was prevalent. It was everywhere. What the heck is why didn't Madden intentionally walk? I mean, grand slam. They lose seven. To, oh wait a minute. The score was five to two. The intentional walk with the bases loaded makes it five. Uh, no, it's five to three. It was five to three because it ends up seven to five. Right. Four runs. It's five to three, Fred. Bases loaded, one out. If you intentionally walk Harper, you're going to put the winning run at or the tying run at third, the winning run at second. Now it's five to yeah. four with one out. Uh-huh. Yeah. And like you just said, who was coming up to bat? Real Muto. Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong with people? Are, are, are Cub fans losing their minds? I, well, they are. The one thing that is a lot deeper, and we're not going to have ch- time to get into it now, is. That ever since Charlie Manuel went there, mm. you had Harper bat lead off one day. You had Reese Hoskins bat lead off the second day. Mm-hmm. You had Hoskins, Harper, and Real Muto. So I guess they're going with put the best hitters at the top of the order, and it seemed to have paid off because if, if they didn't do that with their order, there's no way that Harper would have been up at that point. Three, three, two, three, seven, seven, six. That didn't get talked about, but well, yeah. I mean, back to Thursday, like you're saying, just around the time when they're loading up the bases there for the. Uh, you saw it, if you're if you're paying attention. Okay, we're down at seven hole, the eight hole, the nine hole. Strokes in now, hit the hit by pitch and uh, and, man, and base hit rather. And and you're thinking, well, you know what? One and two are coming up. Right. You could see it happening yeah. way before it happened. Sure. I said the lovely Dana. I said this is over. She goes, what way it's over? I said, well, just wait and see. We're getting to one and two now. Yeah. As well, you said, Hoskins and Harper. Hitting Reese Hoskins wasn't a good thing. But, uh, you know, I guess 
Well, you never know what would have happened if you would have hit or walked Bryce Harper, but it's not, that's not the move to make. Cub fans, if you're mad, you haven't been paying attention. <laughs> if you're mad, that means you're a new listener to Murph and Fred. Because you haven't been hearing what we've been saying for over a year. It's called misdirected anger, Fred. The anger, oh, I'm mad at Holland. I'm mad at Strope. I'm mad at Kinsler. I'm mad at Bodie. What's the old expression? The ball will find you. Well, I mean, hey, it does. Twice. Yeah, two nights ago and last night. <laughs> and they give them a hit. It's, you know, that home. That home he never touched it. It's the goofiest rule. I know. Home, well, he missed it. The well, ball's right past, past, no, no. Right past I, his glove. I, I'm agreeing with yeah. you. The official yeah. score never gives an error unless they touch it. Nah, well, it's the home. It's the home official scorer giving his guy a hit. So, how about the two balls Hap couldn't get to Thursday night? Both that's of them were his, identical. That's not his fault. They were no. It's he's at second base. They, that, that's why they brought up Addison Russell, they so do, they don't have to see Ian Hap at second base anymore. A, a two days, a couple of days late. Yeah. That's why I called Theo the duct tape man. The manager of the duct Fix this, fix this, fix this. Put some duct tape up. Three, three, two, three, seven, seven, six. If you're on hold, we'll get right to you. Now, as crazy as fans were after Thursday night, the Grand Slam saying, they shoot Joe, I didn't intentionally walk him. How about last night? Now, people are people actually saying last night, Fred, and I'm reading all the people tweeting to Jesse and yeah. all that, you know, poor Jesse tries to respond and answer some of this, this crazy lunacy. So, last night, they, Joe pinch hits for Hendricks in the eighth inning, brings up Hap, who gets a single, they end up getting two runs. Right. The situation was, top of the eighth inning, the Cubs are losing one to nothing. Uh, Schwarber leads off with a uh, uh, fly out, the Lying out to second. Luke Croy gets a, a dunker, clean hit, dunker. They're swing, swung over to right. Okay. Now, so you're down one nothing. It's the top of the eighth inning, and there's a man on first, one out, and the Hendricks is due up. Oh, why didn't Joe leave him in? He pitched seven innings, 77, 77 pitches. pitches. He, he was on some more. No one could touch him. You're losing. Hey. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Out. Is this microphone working, Sean? Okay. You're losing one to nothing. The pitcher's up in the top of the eighth. Man on first one out. You bring up Hap to pinch hit. He gets a base hit. First and third one out. The next batter, Kemp, who's batting in the nine hole. A two-run triple, and you go ahead because you pinch hit for Hendricks. It's lunacy. Yep. Why did Joe think? Second guessing. Look, do people, what do they do? They They don't watch any of the game, and then they lose, and then they go, Oh, no, Hendricks was pitching pretty good. Which he was, but you didn't oh, yeah, have any well, runs. Well, yeah. And the Cubs had, if I'm not mistaken, they had two <laughs> hits at that time. It was the eighth inning. The Cubs had two hits. Oh, speaking they might of, have had three. I'm not sure. Speaking of two hits, last night, yeah, the top six hitters in the Cubs lineup, uh-huh. batting order. Let's see. Hayward, Castellanos, uh, Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, Schwarber. Two for 22. Mm. So that's not good. No, that's no good. Okay. So last night, what's Joe thinking? Kinsler, your top six guys were two for twenty-two. It's called misdirected anger. All right. Mike was the first one to call in from Chicago Heights. Now he's on ESPN One Thousand with Murph and Fred. Hey, Mike. Hey, Murph. You know. I, I, I'm so sick 
to my stomach on these last two days. I, I, I don't say. I don't know what to say about Joe Madden. I don't know what to say about the pitching staff or relief staff. They, well, I, I can't even say that. But my God, what is going on? I just tell me. Yeah, you know what's great, Mike? You're a young guy. You weren't around like I was in 69. This happened every day for 30 straight days. I'm used to it. Well, yeah. Actually, my first game was in 1969. I had a doubleheader against the Houston Astros. There you I go. sat in the upper deck, upper deck with my yeah. mother. Yeah. My father didn't even go. Honest yeah. to God. Yeah. And I'm sick. I'm sick right now. You know, you know my sister... Said, don't talk about it. Five to nothing lead, and you, Darvish was pitching, and guess what? They lost the game. Let me ask you about last night. The starters have been so good. The top six oh, batters, God. Fred just mentioned, just listed. Go ahead. Uh, Hayward, Castellano, Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, Schwarber. They went two for 22. Why aren't we mad at them as opposed to the bullpen? Well, I am because. I've, I've, I've brought this up before. Yeah. Uh, the strikeouts. Strikeouts. Mm-hmm. And they swing at everything. Swing at hey, pitches five feet outside. Swing at it. You know? And, you know, if they if they tap out to the pitcher, that's okay because they signed a contract. Now, I'll give you a follow-up. Good point. Here's a follow-up. Last night, tip it ahead, Baez. He uh, flew out. To, he went oppo. Okay, and you don't okay. strike out when this is what you were talking about, right? Swinging at the outside, striking. So Baez, now he went one for four with a double. Okay, his first at bat, he tries to punch the outside pitch. He pops out to right field, but he went with the outside pitch. Then he doubles. He punches it down the right field line, oppo. Then he grounds out uh, four to three to second base. He went oppo, and then he flew out to eight, uh, eight is center field in my scorebook here. So there, there's a guy that didn't strike out. He went with the pitch. He goes one for four. It's a small example of what you're saying. you got to make contact. Now, let me ask you this, and then the phones are jammed, but you're a great caller and a great Cub fan, Mike. Hang on here. Now, it's easy to blame the low-hanging fruit, you know, Joe Madden. Okay, he does things that you scratch your head. I don't disagree. It's easy to say what's wrong with the Kinsler and these guys. All right, what's wrong with Derek Holland? He didn't say, put me on the roster or I'm going to sue the Cubs. I'm a free agent. He didn't say, put me in. Remember last winter, Mike? All I and you and Cub fans talked about was we need two things this last winter. Fred, you mentioned it yesterday. You were on the air. Yeah. Thank you. You meant Murph's all Murph talks about is uh, you got to have certain things. You got to have a leadoff hitter who hopefully plays second base. You got to have a backup shortstop, which they never had. And we saw what happened two nights ago. Right. And how about this? All we talked about, caller Mike in Chicago Heights, the Heights, as they call it. If you live <laughs> out there, Fred, right, Mike, the Heights. Mike, all you we talked it. about was a left handed reliever who could come in and get a guy like Harper, could come in and get a guy like Bellinger of the Dodgers in a key playoff maybe situation, get a guy like Yelich. Whereas they, they, they didn't feel they didn't get either of those two guys. You think? <laughs> That's all you need. Oh, my God. Thanks, Mike. Uh, it's, it's, it's really sad, man. They're going to blame Joe Madden. Well, yeah, you did. None of this is... 
you know. All right, buddy. Hey, phone again, Mike. Say say hi to everybody in the Heights. I don't know anybody there, but I want to be on good terms. But Carlos I want to be. But I, oh, oh, my lovely, my lovely uh, wife, uh, uh, lovely Dana, has taken me there. Is that next door to the uh, famous uh, P- uh, Pisano funeral uh, uh, parlor? Right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Sad. That's where my dad was. You know, you know, hit. My wife's, my wife's yeah. whole family goes uh, Phil uh, uh, Pisano and everyone there. Thanks a million, Mike. You got it, man. Right, buddy. Bye. Appreciate it. Not every day you get to plug your favorite funeral party. No, not huh? every day. Mine's Russo's over in uh, on Roosevelt. Let the record near show. Near Mannheim. But, uh, you until know. now, we've got no uh, freebies over there. No, no, <laughs> no. And they're not they're not cheap. Could you say like Northy? Hey, I think it's a Pisano's funeral. Yeah. Panazzo, I must pronounce it. Phil Panazzo, I'm sorry, Phil. Phil might be listening. Oh, I'm so sorry, Phil. 33237. Joe Mann, let me ask you something, Fred. People love to hate this guy. Vote now. Here's our Twitter poll. Vote at uh, ESPN1000. Cup fans, who are you most mad at? Tom Ricketts, Theo Epstein, Joe Madden, or the players? Something happened this week. And I was incredulous. Not only that, I couldn't believe it. Joe Madden makes a statement, and everyone says, oh, is he an idiot? Or, I'm laughing out loud. Here's what Joe said. The Cubs get hammerjacked 11 to 1 by the Phillies. These are all blending in. Well, because Hamels didn't, Hamels threw 35 strikes. He didn't get one, or 35 fastballs. He didn't get one swing and miss on the 35 fastballs because Philadelphia under Charlie Manuel were hunting fastballs and they didn't miss Mm -hmm. on one of Hamels' fastballs. And as a result, he wasn't around long. Cubs lose, correct. Cubs lose 11 to 1. They get hammered, Jake. After the game, Joe makes a comment. There's no readjustment to the lineup, and there's no uh, extra batting practice to take. Whatever, that's not that's not the answer. Um, I believe in my guys. The thing, I, you know, if you want uh, the silver lining, I loved how we ran the first base. Stop the tape. All day long, everywhere, not just here. People ridiculing Joe. Of course, they got to run to first base. They're major leaguers, Fred. Not to just point out, but how many times did Ricky Renteria have to bench guys two years ago for not oh, running five, out? Four, five, six times. We believe the number was five yeah. different guys a total of seven times. Yeah. All right? Every t- You watch teams in baseball. You think they all run hard when they're losing 11 to 1 down to first base? No. And then, uh, you know, and... Uh, Tommy Waddle's got a great phrase, and I love Tommy. He's, he's right. He says, well, I don't uh, pat my kids on the head for doing what they're supposed to for, do. For not doing drugs. Well, well whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, you don't get rewarded for not yeah. doing drugs. Sean and I were actually just talking because we're watching the Sox game last night. Sox win 7-3, to 7-2. Um, and, and late in the game, late in the game, Mike Trout hits a bouncer in front of the plate. And the pitcher's going after it. Mike Trout ran harder than anybody I've seen in baseball yeah. to first base. Put pressure on the pitcher. The pitcher bobbles the ball. Mm-hmm. Trout's safe at first base. But does everybody do that? No. When heck no. 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 And let me ask you something else. So Joe Madden is the low-hanging fruit. And for people to laugh at this statement. There's no readjustment to the lineup. And there's no uh, extra batting practice to take. Whatever. That's not That's not the answer. Um, I believe in my guys. The thing, I, you know, if you want uh, the silver lining, I loved how we ran the first base. 
You think they never quit on Dale Swain? I think some people you were thinking. You think they never quit on half the managers in the game? Some people were thinking that he was using that as an example of Hamels not covering first base. When Hamels, when there was a ground ball to Rizzo the night before. Right, yeah, yeah, so they, they thought that that was Joe's way of uh, throwing like a backhanded compliment. But I don't think Joe would have done that. No, so. no that was misguided. Uh, Joe, was, Joe was happy to see his guys actually hustling. He said, listen, they're not winning. They're hustling. They're not, they're not hanging their heads. They're out there trying to work hard. How about, re- now see, this really irritated me. I'm sorry for the third time to backtrack to it here. He says, my guys hustled. Uh-huh. What he's really saying is, hey, Theo, this team's not quitting on me. You know what? You put some numbskull in here and see what happens. You put some rookie man out, not David Ross. They won't quit on him either because he'll take him out back. He'll take him out back, David Ross. Sure, Jesse this week. Jesse's like, I got nothing to base on. My gut feeling is it's going to be David Ross. Okay. Don't ask Jesse that at 11 o'clock when he comes on. Arthur Ankush little bears at 10 o'clock. But the Respect 90, the T-shirts. Yeah. Everyone, everybody thought that was great five years ago. Sure they Remember? Did. Sure. <laughs> How cool. He's telling me, hold, hold these guys responsible. They all ran 90 feet. And then he mentions, they're running 90 feet. They're playing for me. We're still playing hard. We haven't quit. And they go, oh, Joe, they're supposed to do that. Sometimes I get it right up to here, Fred. Right up to here. How come he didn't leave Hendricks in? See, well, because he, he got a pinch hit from Hamp and a two-run triple to go ahead in the eighth inning. Yeah. See, there's two things my dad taught me. I always yeah. I always comment on the one when he says, don't think too much. It's not good for you. You're not used to it. The other one is, huh. don't ever worry about what other people think. And so you're worrying too much about what other people are thinking. I am. Yes, you are. But that's why I don't read that stuff. <laughs> but I did. I went to. You did. I've See, been going to go. Jesse's Twitter tweets. Don't worry about what other people think. Well, it's in. Well, it's the low hanging fruit. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing. It can. If I, I, I agree with you, Fred. But my angle is not maybe clear. It, when when guys like Theo and guys like oh, Rick, I know. At the hear all this. They yeah. hear all this. You know, well, the fans are down on Joe. Yeah. They're down on Joe because they didn't give him an extension. Let me ask you this. Oh, well, Jesse, know. to be honest with you, Jesse actually seems to be, of the three, Jesse th- Jesse seems to be more down on Joe than the other guys. I think Jesse's just resigned to the fate. I think Jesse's just thrown in the towel. Okay. I don't think Jesse's down on him. I think Jesse understands that it's over. Okay. That could be. We'll talk to Jesse this at 11. This game is yeah. over. By the way... Josh McCown was supposed to be on ESPN this year, oh, I the like former him. Bears quarterback. Yeah, he was good. Supposed to be on ESPN. He's yeah. decided, you know what, I'm going to go play one more year. He's going to go play with the Philadelphia Eagles. Remember when the Bears had him and they yeah. wouldn't play him and uh-huh. they would have won uh, more games? <laughs> yeah. Everyone on hold will get right back to you, starting with Kevin and Palatine's been waiting the longest. Who says you don't get breaking news here on ESPN 1000? Paul! Paul from Lake Forest has been waiting second longest. 3323776. Stick with the Cubs a little while longer here. This is nothing. They did this every day for 30 days in a row in 1969. Vote now on our Twitter poll. We got all kind of Bears, Cubs, Sox. It was socks. then, though. It's, uh, voted his. Oh, was Damn, Popovich, why wasn't he playing? Hey, let me tell you something. The Cubs had last Monday off. Next, 
coming Monday off and the next so they're three certainly Mondays not tired. Off. No. no. They're not tired. They're playing uh, six, tw- I can do this in my head, 18 games in 21 days. Some people are saying they're playing at uh, the little, home of the Little League World Series on Sunday. Maybe they, some of them should stay there. Well, they'll have a chance because the uh, center field fence is 200 feet and the foul lines are 180. Take some ground balls. ESPN 1000. All right, busy day. Murph and Fred, welcome back. Phones are hopping. I like beer that's a little hoppy. Do you like hoppy beer, Fred? I sure do. Yeah. Hops are good. Mm-hmm. And it, there's a new brewery out in uh, Glen Ellen, uh, Two Hound Red. I had some uh, their, their IPA. Are there any new breweries you don't Pilsner. know? You don't know about any new breweries you don't there's know a, about? There's a couple. This is one of the newer ones, Two Hound Red out in uh, Glen Ellen. I checked that out with my buddy Chet Brett. Where is fun. That's his name? Chet Brett. I like yeah, that. Yeah. Big tall guy, 6'9". He's a Ryman guy. Yes. Ryman Simon. <laughs> yes. Have you ever had a little something something? I have. It's all right. Uh-huh. It's one of the few ones I lean to. Yep. Uh, talking Cubs, uh, let's let's do this. We'll go to the phones. But, Fred, I've got to say one more thing here. So, and I'm... You can say a lot more. we usually, got two and a half more hours. Usually, to me... Joe Madden's one of the greatest in-game strategists, moving guys around. He never gets trapped. He's got his double switches. He moves guys in for defense so that they're batting in the next inning and uh-huh. the pitcher's been moved. And But the one thing we'll have to ask Jesse about, when you put, okay, you got Schwarber in left and you've got Brian at third. Right. Then you go ahead two to one. So for defense, you put Bodie in at third. And you move Brian, Brian to, left. to left. Right. So my question is, all right, let's compare both. What happens real quick? So who's the better defense? You know, this is just rhetorical. So the better third baseman defensively, Bryant and Bodie. And the better, here's where it gets interesting, the better defensive left fielder, Schwarber and Bryant. All right? Joe obviously feels that Bryant is better in left field than Schwarber, or he wouldn't make the move at all. Right. Because you certainly didn't do it to get Bodie's glove at third over Bryant, would no. you? No. No. So the question is, I mean, you know, maybe John DeWan with the fielding Bible, and someone could do a better job than I could as far as analytics. Is is Bryant that big of a step over Schwarber? That's what we got. We'll talk to, you know, I don't know. I don't huh. You know what? I'm not sure he is. Sure, two years ago that would have been laughable. Well, and Schwarber doesn't screw up a lot. No, but see, when he did this, though, when he did this was after that inning, right after they scored. To move and, a pitcher away. Well, Castellanos had made the last out. Okay. So they wanted to move, so they yep. wanted to keep Happ in the game. Right. So they put Happ in right. Yes. And then they made the switch of the other guys. So by putting Happ in right, they had to. They, they didn't really have to move uh, Schwarber if they didn't want to, did they? But let's see then. He did put Phelps in the two-hole where Castellano was. Right, he did. So instead of pinch hitting, he moved things around. See, he's really good at this. And if you just watch American, not you, Fred, but Anybody, American right. League games, you, you don't, don't do any do this, of this. Right. right. So, And you know what? I, I don't think, you know, God, God love all the great fans. I mean, it's very intricate and sophisticated to try to break down backwards why a guy made a move like that. But then it doesn't pay off when Bodie has that one and a half hopper yeah. and he does the, does the do or die, you know, arm sweep at it. We'll go to the phones. But lineups are out already for today. Jeff Passan, there's a left handed pitcher for the Pirates, so it's going to be the right handed hitting lineup. 
Jeff Passon had something interesting. We'll play back. Next in line is, uh, who's next in line here? Sean, who's been waiting the longest? Does that thing do this anymore? Uh, Ken? All right. Oh, Ken. I'm sorry. Ken, then Kevin, and Al. Hey, Ken. What's up, Ken? In Texas. Hello, Ken. Jump in. Go. Hey, I just wanted to say I, I almost disagree with you. The uh, they got to let Madden go. You, Theo's not completely without fault. But, you know, the team's not as deep, but the team's not performing up to their ability. You can't fire the whole team. I think you let the more relaxed coach go, and just like in football, you go the other direction. You go with a, a more intense Joe Girardi. I do think you need a, a, a strong figure in this Chicago market with the pressure on this team to, to win now in this window, but they're playing so bad, you've got to make some sort of change. And I stand by the fact that him putting Schwarber in the leadoff spot for another long stretch with complete, utter you know, lack of production for the second time in three years is a reason enough alone to let him go because he won't admit that that's a bad move and he was wrong. He's trying to prove everyone that he was right. And Ken, the, good stuff. Hey, hang on, hang on the phone. That's that's a uh, full combination uh, pa- uh, platter of food right there. Good job. Hang on now, Ken. Number one, yeah. If you ascribe to, you can't fire all twenty-five and fire the manager. Okay, hard for me to disagree there. Though they haven't quit, they ran the ninety feet uh, the other day. Uh, number two, you don't know, and I don't know. I don't know, and Fred don't know exactly who makes the lineups out in the batting orders these days. Because we are old school guys, at least uh, I am, and uh, Fred and you can maybe are half old school, middle school guys. Here's the thing. I don't know exactly if the bean counter, the propeller heads rather upstairs say, we want Schwarber leading off. And Joe might say, well, that's not really my idea. We want him leading off, Joe. So... We don't know that for sure, Ken, but I mean, I understand what you're saying. Whoever put Schwarber there was wrong both times. Now, why would, why do they not have a leadoff man, Ken? Let me ask you that. Now let's circle around to Theo. Why is there no leadoff man? Well, I absolutely agree. That's been a, a, a failure. I wanted, uh, I'm drawing a blank now. I'm so fired up on DJ this. DJ uh, LeMayhew. <laughs> LeMayhew uh, in the offseason as well. Thanks. And, uh, and he wouldn't have been a, a, a huge bank breaker. Um, 12 million times two. Right. But uh, it was interesting. On MLB Network, they interviewed Girardi a month ago or so, talking before they moved Schwarber, there, I mean, uh, Hayward to the leadoff spot. Mm. And they asked Joe uh, what he would do. And he said, it's obviously, not, they don't have a perfect man to put there, but he would uh, go with uh, Bryant because of his base running, and it'd almost be like a George Springer effect. All right, well, then, then I don't want Joe Girardi managing. Because you know what? There's nothing worse than a home run hitter with no one on base in front of him. The Astros are so stacked, they they got nowhere to put anybody. I'm agreeing with you, Ken. But you can't, if if you're having troubles, they don't have troubles. They're scoring a 10, 11, 12 run, unless when they play the White Sox. The problem with the Astros is they don't don't have, you know, a Russell, Happ, and Lucroy, 6, 7, and 8. They got guys that are, they got Giordano Alvarez or something. Jeff Passan. You know what? I disagree with Jeff Passon sometimes. A nationally known baseball man, and he's pretty good. He's pretty on the point. He uh, visited this week. Who was he on with uh, on our, uh, that was Thursday at 11. That was on That'd be with Cap. Cap. Yep. Cap okay. and company. And I had made a decision never to bring up this uh, name unless someone else does. DJ LeMayu. 
No, no, not me. Jeff Passan. We had a sense of where they were financially and that the restrictions in place were going to keep them from pursuing a Bryce Harper or a Manny Machado or somebody who was an impact type bat. Now, could they have gone out and gotten DJ LeMahieu? Yeah, but I think 29 teams outside of the Bronx right now are kicking themselves for not going and pursuing DJ LeMahieu like they did. Um, and, and this was, you know, this is like getting, you know, kicked in the, the left shin after after getting kicked in the right shin for letting DJ LeMahieu go at the beginning of Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer's tenure, which uh, you can argue is, is, you know, maybe outside of a couple free agent signings, the worst move that they've made during their time in Chicago. Stop the tape! It's nice to know that Jeff Passan listens to ESPN 1000 on Saturday mornings. Well, because I get tired of saying it. National expert, no one's perfect. No one knows everything. Passing does a pretty good job. A passable job. You know, very nice job. Right there. Other than the uh, free agent blunders, the worst, worst thing they've done. Yeah. Then passing wasn't done. Remember I asked a little while ago, do you think the Cubs are in money trouble? Uh-huh. And I'm afraid you're right. How could they be? They got Gallagher way. They got this and that. Well, you know what? This TV deal coming up. Might not be as rosy as they thought. We could, you should have known that about two and a half, three years ago. Well, but anyway, bingo. that's yeah. Frank Kenny's job, right. by the way. Right. And uh, here's the thing: they're yeah, they're making a lot. They're bringing in a lot of money. Uh-huh. Making money is different from bringing in a lot of money. And tip of the hat, he spent a billion dollars fixing the ballpark. He spent eight hundred million to buy it. The the Frank, to buy the Cubs. And he spent more to fix the ballpark than he paid to buy the team. So I don't care how much money you got coming in. You don't usually plan to dip into the family resources to pay for the ballpark. So all the money that's coming in, we don't know how much is going out. Uh And I'm not here to defend a billionaire who wouldn't spend $12 million on LeMahieu. But here's passing more. I thought that the talk about... Payroll restrictions was uh, was subterfuge, and that they were waiting to strike, and they were going to let the market come to them. Uh, that was not the case; just did not happen. And and you wonder going forward what the payroll is going to look like. And and I don't think Tom Ricketts is, has said so for 2020 at this point, and how that is going to restrict or enhance. The rebuild is the wrong word. The building uh, of this team. Because, look, guys, the window's shutting. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, he does listen on Saturdays. Yeah. Yeah. Don't make me do it, Fred. I won't. (laughs) Don't worry. I won't. Catch a wave and you're sitting on waves. Top of the world. Waves and waves of young talent will be coming, Theo said in 2012. The window slamming shut. Yep. Let's go to the phones. Let's bring in Kevin from Palatine. Kevin! Morning, Mark and Fred. Hey, Kevin. Uh, hey, Mark, that, that, the last caller, to your point, he, he went for the low-hanging fruit. Did you just hear me out here? Yeah. Schwarber wouldn't have to hit leadoff if the genius who walks on water would have got a leadoff hitter, which we've known we've needed so since the World Series, mm-hmm. Madden has done way better at his job than the three-headed geniuses that sit atop that uh, 
sit atop that uh, triumvirate over there. But uh, Murph, I, I you, earlier you said something really irritated you the other day. Hmm. You know what really irritated me? This hmm. team has been sitting on a ticking time bomb of not having a backup shortstop. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Jed Hoyer says the other day, he goes, you know, the funny thing is, he goes, we were just getting ready to bring Russell back up. <laughs> but you waited one day too long. That exploded. You had a $1 reliever in there facing, uh, you know, facing uh, Harper. The, uh, the grand slam. Harper. So this is 90% on the genius who walks on water. You're 100% right. And one last comment. Fred, never change your Twitter because it is hilarious, and I love the fact that you don't care what anyone thinks. Thanks, it is Kevin. Awesome, and it is hilarious. Thanks, but Kevin. This is all on field. Kevin, phone, Kevin, phone, phone more often. I like it when uh, you know <laughs> another out of step Charlie. You and I are the out of step Charlies. He's, At least we well, agree with each step. other. <laughs> yeah, this is ridiculous. Thanks, Thanks. buddy. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Kevin. Hey, let's bring in. Uh, what is he talking? What What do you do on your t- uh, Twitter? Oh, uh, it's just uh, people keep going back and forth to me about ah. the whole Bill Walton, Jason Benetti thing oh, from yeah. last night. We so. got more Bill Walton coming yeah, up. I'm not looking forward to that. Let's br- <laughs> Let's bring in. Uh, but you wore a tie-dye shirt today. No, I would never wear one. Ah, I, I actually do not have any tie-dye. I'm about two or three years too late for that. You never did those like back in the uh, no, early 70s? My you the rubber class. bands, you p- take the t-shirt, you sort of twist it, you put the yeah. rubber in, then you put it in the uh, yeah, in the no. tie? I know how to do it, but no. My art class, I was drawing pictures of the little, Blackhawks logo. little pack of Rit dye, R-I-T. Remember uh-huh. Rit dye? Yeah. Uh, no, no, the tie-dyes look nice. They look nice. I don't know what any of them said because I didn't have the sound on. The meat was firmly Let's working. bring in Sean Davis here. Big Sean! What's up, Murph? Big Sean. Big, Big bad, bad Sean. Alright, uh, Twitter. I'm doing fine, thanks. Uh, Twitter poll number six. Cub fans, this has been active for about three hours now. Uh, what are, who are you most mad at? A, B, C, or D? Tom Ricketts, Theo Epstein, Joe Madden, the players. Who are you most mad at? It's a runaway, Murph. 53% of the fans say they're mad at the players. Do they really? Absolutely. <laughs> See, the, the previous not caller, Joe, not Kevin, Joe. The previous caller, Kevin, could not have been more correct when yeah. he when he stated right. the man that walks on water that was on the back page of the Sun Times. And that'd be Theo, Theo Epstein. Epstein. And yeah. you've said it before. Yeah. Theo brought you a World Series yeah. for ninety percent of the people. Apparently, Theo mm-hmm. can do no wrong. Yeah. To be honest with you, since they won the World Series, Theo has done nothing right. <laughs> no, Not one thing right. Mm-hmm. Now he Think is running it. in second place okay. at 25%. Oh, it's only 75% of the people. So wait, wait, Theo got more votes than Joe Med. Absolutely. Joe is at 14%. Then you know what? It's what they used to call the vocal minority years ago. Madden, 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 get rid of Madden. But yet... So give us from the bottom up. Cub fans, who are you most mad at? The owner, the general manager, the field manager, or the players? So coming in last, the least mad at is Tom Ricketts. Tom Ricketts at 9%. All right. Which is funny, because before the season, when Ricketts said he didn't want to spend money, yeah. he would have been on top of this list. Right. He would have been number one. So I think they're in money trouble. <laughs> I really do. Uh, so then next up from Ricketts is? Joe Madden at 14%. I thought everyone wanted this guy out of town. Let me ask you this, Sean Davis, Fred. If 
if Theo, I'm sorry, if Joe Madden weren't on his final year lame duck right now, let's say two years ago they gave him a, a, a couple-year extension. In other words, let's say right now, all right, right now Joe Madden has two years remaining. What if he has two years remaining? Would anyone even talk about firing Joe right now? For, would for, even 14% be mad at him? See what I'm saying? All year since January. No, no, we're not giving Joe an extension. This is it. Prove it. Which is fine. I got no, I'm, you know what? I'm 50-50 on that. I don't like it, but okay. But Fred, do you think even 14% would be mad about these little no. you know, in-game moves that they dissect incorrectly all I'd week? Have to, I'd have to say yes just because, and I know I'm the only one out there. Just because people think that the manager is the guy that's got to go because we had a caller earlier, you can't fire the 25 guys and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah. And it's that's not the case. But managers are hired to be fired, and that's usually everybody's easiest solution. Yeah. Well, if the team's not winning, you got to fire the manager because he must be doing something wrong. That's the simplistic, silly way, in my opinion, of thinking about it. Top of the hour, Arthur Arkish, little Bears talk. If you're on hold, back to the Cubs beat when we return. Don't forget, s- White Sox won 7-2 last night. And we got more Bill Slam, Giolito, 11 strikeouts. You know, the bad thing about this is you can't talk. We aren't talking about the stars of the game last night. I can. Kyle Hendricks and Kemp, the second baseman. You better you, you put it down because years from now, you're going to say, remember that one Tony Kemp RBI triple? I know. That's the only thing he ever did for the Cubs. He made two great plays in the field, and he hits a, a two-run triple to put him ahead in the eighth inning. It's ESPN 1000. Busy day. Bears talk in a few minutes. Jesse Rogers at 11. That'd be one more than his usual 10, Fred. Al, yep. uh, Arlington Heights is now on ESPN 1000. Hey, Al. Hey, hey, Mo, Fred, man. I haven't talked to you guys in 20 years. Where the hell you been, <laughs> you Al? You been, in, you been locked up, incarcerated, or what? <laughs> no, I moved to Arlington Heights. Oh, oh, okay. that, oh yeah, that's just out of our uh, broadcast and transmitter range. Yeah, uh, but anyway, uh, Madden's got to go. He's got to go. Uh He's created a terrible climate for the players. He's playing people out of position. He's bringing in right-handed pitches to pitch to left-handed hitters. Uh-huh. He's bringing in left-handed pitches <laughs> to pitch to right-handed hitters. He's got to go. Maybe he's got his glasses are on backwards. winning. They oh, got to get rid of him. Get him out of there. You know what? I would name Al from Alton Heights manager of the Cubs. <laughs> no, anybody but Matt. Okay, Anybody Al. but Matt. <laughs> hey, vote no right now. Vote. In left field. Did you vote on the Twitter poll? Uh, yeah, of course. All I voted right. Matt. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thanks, Al. Call Thanks, again. Al. See you in 20 years. All right, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Bill Walton. Hey, give me a little. Give me a little Bill Walton there, Big Bad Sean. The Grand Slam. There it goes. There it goes. Gaffers, that what it's called? That one, you called. I to called it Sloan. Grand Slam. Oh, my gosh. Bam! Whoa. What a fantastic turn of events. If you love the Chicago White Sox, and I'm falling in love by the breath. 
It was something different. Highlights NBC Sports Chicago. It was something, apparently. Oh, my God. Eloy was up. And, uh, you know, Benetti mispronounces it. Eloy? Yeah. We know that it's Eloy because we heard him say his own name right. on when he's riding in the coffee right. with comedians and cars with, with Chuck Garfine that time. Uh-huh. He said, uh, yeah, they called me up. They said, Eloy? Uh, Eloy? Yeah. But so he says, Eloy. And you're Bill Walton. He goes, Eloy. Alloy. Like, like a heavy metal alloy. A special heavy metal mix that'll just carry from Eloy he got. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was your Bill Walton last yeah. night. You loved it, I hear. Not a, I have didn't hear anything. Bears talk next, back in a flash. We love Peter Fonda though. That's I did hear that. Arthur Arkin. In second cut. Easy Rider was terrific. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, it was fifty years ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's the same year the cut the Mets won. This is nothing. I saw this happen 30 games in a row in 69 with the Cubs. This is nothing. Back in a flash. Pro Football Weekly next. And then Jesse in an hour. It's ESPN 1000. Saturday. Saturday. Is it all right? Thank you. Welcome back. Murph and Fred, hour number two. Now that it stopped raining, people are actually enjoying <laughs> it a little bit more. All coming downtown for the air and water show. It, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. You know what? I, I did that a few times. Really hot and humid tomorrow. It's hard to do more than a couple of years, a couple of different Oh, yeah. Days. It's fun, though. Yes, it is. It's fun. Everyone coming on down. Have a good time. One minute away from Arthur Arkish. Going to talk some Chicago Bears with the... With the guys over at Pro Football Weekly, that means we're just one hour away from Jesse Rogers. He's usually on around this time, but uh-huh. uh, he's in Pittsburgh. They have a, a noon or 12.30 Chicago time start. This is about when Joe Madden talks, so this is when Jesse listens and then irritates Joe with a few more questions. So let's get over to uh, PFW. Let's bring in Arthur Arkish. I'm surprised the Cub fan that Arthur is and his family that he's even uh, able to be on the radio this morning. <laughs> Murph here and Fred alongside. Hey, Arthur. Murph, it's funny you mention it. I don't think I've had a harder time trying to write a recap. I mean, obviously, it's fake football, and trying to write seriously on it is hard enough. But in the uh, aftermath of just that, you know, devastating loss, I don't know what else you call it, uh, my head was not, uh, I'm just going to put it out there, was not with that Bears preseason game at all. Uh, really, really depressed about these cups. But uh, we'll soldier well, through because that's what we do, right? Well, you know what? Uh, uh, your, your dad uh, might be able to relate to what I've been saying a little bit here. This is nothing, Arthur. I was there in 69. This happened every day for 30 days in a row in September of 69. This is nothing. I'm used to all this. I cannot even, uh, I can't imagine. I, I, I feel for your, I, I feel for all Cubs fandom. And, uh, hey, today is a new day, and, and the rest of the division is still down, and, and there's a lot of baseball left. But I'll tell you, I'm a glass half full guy, and it's pretty hard to yeah. maintain that outlook this morning. Well, you know what? Uh, it's not uh, base, uh, pro baseball weekly. It is pro football <laughs> weekly. All right, uh, right, Arthur, big picture, then we'll zoom in on a few things. Uh, big picture, uh, did anybody uh, work their way maybe into r- the running to be on the team that was sort of unexpected off the radar last night? Or conversely, anybody that looked like you know, pretty much a, a bubble lock or a lock uh, maybe start working their way in the wrong direction? last night 
You know, I'm honestly not sure about either of those, but I do think that there were a couple guys who played well, and, and, and certainly in the case of Clifton Duck, uh, the Appalachian State undrafted rookie, uh, it's a continuation of the camp he's been having. Uh, one of the smallest guys on the field, but just keeps making big impressions because he's, he's just around the football, uh, and he's the type, of, uh, the type of player, I think, with his effort and, and sort of his uh, dynamic qualities I know this Bears staff likes. Now, that being said, they spent – a six-round pick on Duke Shelley, another undersized nickel, hmm. uh, and hard to imagine that not being a bit too redundant roster-wise for both the stick, and Shelley's look pretty good for the most part, too. Uh, but obviously, Clifton Duck stands out with the awesome interception uh, one game after uh, leading everyone in tackles two weeks ago. So, hmm. uh, Also thought James Waters, you yeah. know, quite obviously played extremely well with the strip sack. Uh, also had the hurry uh, on Clifton Duck's interception, so... That was encouraging, if only because we have seen nothing from the outside linebacker room uh, prior to last night after the big three, which, of course, might be the best, you know, the best trio in football, but you still want to have depth there. And I hadn't seen anything in Kylie Fitz uh, or Chuck Harris, Matt Betts, these undrafted rookies. Uh, James Vaughter showed me something last night, and actually Isaiah Irving played well, too. So that was encouraging. Uh, and then Javon Wim, he's, he's the real deal, guys. I know he was uh, – uh, going up against some backups by the time the second quarter, or late first quarter rolled around. Uh, but he's been one of the most impressive players of the summer, uh, and he certainly looked like he belonged last night. I think the wide receiver depth is in terrific shape. Uh, on the flip side, I'm real concerned about the offensive tackle position after Charles Leno and Bobby Massey. Uh, Rashad Coward got hurt last night. We yep. still haven't even seen him line up on the left regardless. And, and you know, by definition, your third tackle should be someone who can swing the both. Hmm. Flank, so I'm not sure that was going to work regardless. Uh, and Cornelius Lucas had another rough go of it, so I expect that position after place kicker and maybe tight end to be uh, uh, scoured is kind of thoroughly by the Bears personnel department once cut down day comes here in a couple weeks. One of the guys that going into the game we knew they wanted to get the ball to, and apparently the Giants knew it too, was Riley Ridley. I mean, every time Ridley, <laughs> I mean, it seemed like Ridley was being double teamed, which was weird for a guy that basically getting his first chance to catch any balls. What do you think of him last night? Yeah, you know, I thought he looked solid, actually. You know, the numbers don't uh, blow your hair back, I think, with three catches, 18 yards, something like that. But uh, he looked good to me. He looked real fluid as a route runner, which is as advertised. I thought he looked faster than his uh, pretty pedestrian 40 time. He plays faster, in my opinion. Uh, And he had a chance there. Chase, I mean, it would have been a tight window throw on that corner in the end zone. But uh, Chase did target him on one potential touchdown. Ridley Doe for it just missed. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that was uh, about as good as you could expect from his NFL debut. They got him going on a variety of routes. We saw him on a you know a bubble screen right near the line of scrimmage. Again, we saw him downfield on a couple of opportunities. So uh, very encouraging for both of the Georgia wide receivers. Uh, the Bears' depth at receiver, I think, is excellent. We've known that for a while. Uh, it's some of these other positions where I'm, I'm concerned. I thought the quarterbacks uh, were rough. I thought the corners, for the most part, on the outside did not play as well last night. Uh, and that had been a, it, it seemed to be a strength, uh, you know, in camp in the first couple of weeks. Arthur Arkus, rather skip me out there at the Pro Football Weekly. Uh, let's just uh, dovetail back real quick to the wide receivers and uh, uh, Javon Wims. I have, uh, let's see, one, I put a little star down when I, you know, think a play was nicely done. I mostly just watched the first half. He has five stars. He has the the hands. He's got that vice, the vice, sort of sort of like uh, uh Jeffrey had for so long. And he's got you know some moves, but he's big. It, would would you call him a sleeper, or was that a year ago he was a sleeper? 
Right, yeah, I think that would be more a year ago. He's now uh, he's on the radar. I mean, he led the all, the NFL in preseason receiving last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really punctuated the regular season. Obviously, had a hard time getting up to the forty six uh, most weeks. But remember, in week seventeen against the Vikings starters, he played extremely well. So, uh, no, this is a guy who I think has worked his way potentially into the rotation, especially uh, in light of Anthony Miller's latest injury issue. Uh, the fact that Taylor Gabriel, a good underrated player, but just a totally different type, of course, than Javon Wims, who's six four uh, and a physical dude. So uh, I think there's a place for him in this offense. And, and again, it, it wasn't like last night uh, was out of the blue or an aberration. It's what we've been seeing in camp, uh, and it's how he ended last season. So yeah, that post uh, pattern at the end of the first half to set up the Pinero field goal, 29 yards from Chase to Wims, that was his best play. Uh, but he even showed. It was Prince Mathmore who said he's had some improved. He's seen improved speed from Javon Wims this summer. And remember, right after Tyler Bray misses Marvin Hall early in the second half, uh, he actually missed Javon Wims on a fly pattern too. So, uh, what was a really impressive day could have been uh, that much better for Wims and, and another positive development for him. Is this another year we just feel bad for Tanner Gentry because he they had the ball thrown to him three times, caught all three, but he he doesn't appear that he's going to be a guy that's going to make the team. Right. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I know, you know, camp, uh, <laughs> camp hero and everything. I get that. And uh, right. yeah, he looks like he potentially can play somewhere. And as you said, I think correctly, it's not going to be here uh, unless it's back on the practice squad. Uh, but I'll tell you that just there's other guys, too. I mean, this Jordan Williams Lambert out of the CFL, this monster, he's kind of built more like a Javon Wims, Brandon Marshall, Elshon Jeffrey. Uh, form and he's looked really good too. Thomas Ives, the undrafted rookie out of Colgate, uh, is another guy that has really impressed throughout camp. So uh, those guys have stood out as much, if not more, than Tanner. Uh, and and I don't think Mike Furry was was kind of messing with us. There's a lot of guys in, in his room that are going to play elsewhere in the NFL. And guys, when you think about where this thing was just 18 months ago, maybe the worst receiving core. Wow. Uh, in the league, <laughs> yep. it's really a credit a credit to Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy and Mike Furry for turning it around so fast. Well, to show, I mean, the guys you just mentioned, to show how deep they are, I mean, uh, Bunting and Ives didn't even have a ball thrown to them yesterday after both catching balls in the open in the first game. So and they didn't even have one thrown to them out of the, what, however many passes were attempted last night. Yeah, that's right. Bunting was a little surprising because the tight end situation is really murky. Uh, and again, he did play well. Uh, in the opener, uh, the only time I, I spotted him last night, I believe, was on a special teams tackle. So that was a, a little bit curious. And uh, yeah, with Ives in the in the wide receiver rotation, it, it's just deep, and that's the way it is. So yeah. uh, it'll be interesting to see how this tight end thing continues to develop, though, too, guys. Because obviously, Adam Shaheen doesn't play last night. Um, am I surprised? No, no, but has he really truly shown enough to uh, to not be playing? I'm not so sure. I think that's more an illustration of just what the where the Bears' depth is there. Uh, extremely thin, basically the opposite of wide receiver, uh, more so than anything Adam Shaheen has done, you know, with all due respect, anything he's done to earn the right to get the night off last night. Well, let's sit down on tight end. I have a, a segment that we were going to do a little bit later, but let's do it right now with Arthur, Fred, and uh, it's called the 
key key position uh, for the Cubs, the Sox, and the Bears. All right. Okay. Now <clears throat> the Cubs would be for this year. The Sox is for the future, and the Bears is right now. The Cubs and Arthur uh, for the last uh, quarter of the season, forty forty one games remaining for the Cubs. It's second base, obviously. Uh, can you get production and defense? Uh, last I looked, DJ LeMay was not available. Again, uh, this year. Not and uh, Jake Kemp had his Cub career game, as Fred called it, I think, uh, last night. But he probably would have got to those two balls to the right of Hap uh, the other night. Uh, maybe yes, maybe no. Tony Kemp, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah. There, yeah. And uh, for the White Sox, I'm going to say shortstop for the next few years. Uh, Fred Tim Anderson, as long as he can be there, be every day. You know, you worry about the defense. Yeah, he's got 20 errors and he's missed a month. So but you don't want to have to. What I'm yeah. looking at is you don't want to worry about shortstop. Uh-huh. The Sox are set it uh, coming up now. Third base, Moncada will go through Sox talk later. Uh, a second base with, with, with the kid and then the new first baseman, Vaughn. Shortstop. If Anderson can stay there and be there, then Rick Hahn doesn't have to worry, Arthur, about, you know, replacing that or working there. The tight end position. Now, I don't know a lot about X's and O's, but the little bit I try to glean from listening to guys like you and all our other experts in town regarding uh, Nagy's offense. The tight end, the move tight end, the U a tight end, uh, which is a, a Trey uh, a Burton, is so key to making everything else work. We saw a little uh, snapshot of how it broke everything down against Philadelphia. But the tight end position, talk a little more about that with us, both the way it sits today and opening day and through the year, depth, uh, the, the, you know, the Y versus the U tight end. I think a lot of fans, oh, tight end, you know, oh, tight. It's, it's pretty important in this offensive scheme, right? No question about it. And it's not what, you know, it's not your grandfather's tight end position, if you will. It's not, it's changed so much. I mean, you hit on the U and what Trey Burton does and, and how much they missed him, you know, versus Philadelphia because he creates mismatches with his ability to line up all over the field. And when Philadelphia had one less player to worry about in that regard, well, who's the other obvious one who's sort of synonymous with that skill set in the Bears offense? Of course, it's Tariq Cohn. We saw Tariq Cohn, I think it's quietest game in the NFL. Uh, was the last one he played. So that was pretty clear that they missed Trey Burton. Now, uh, the Bears can be fine at tight end if Trey Burton uh, is fully healthy and builds on last year. I thought for the most part he was really good. You'd like to see some more explosive plays from him, but pretty reliable uh, and seemed to definitely develop a chemistry with Mitch. So uh, if he can build on that and there's no more questions about you know his anxiety or, or his groin or, of course, anything physically, uh, they'll be okay at the U. I have no idea about Adam Sheehan, guys. I mean, I, I realize that injuries have seemed to kind of ground any traction that he's been able to gain in his first couple years, but, well, that's the fact of the matter. I mean, do you trust him to stay healthy, much less develop into this guy who can uh, be flexible, play in line, also split out wide at times? Uh, I think that's pretty blind faith there, and that's why I had mentioned, you know, I'm not surprised, but maybe a little curious that we didn't see him last night, so... Uh, after that, you know, Bradley Sowell converted swing tackle. Uh, bless him for making the move and, and trimming all the weight and everything. He's got a long way to go, and we saw that last night. He got beat on the sack. He had the penalty. I, yep. I think he had a penalty last week. Mm-hmm. So uh, work in progress with him. 
And then the young guys, Ian Bunting and Dax Raymond, the two undrafted guys with some promise. But remember, tight end is a position uh, that does not typically develop really fast. So I just don't know that you're going to want to be in a next man up scenario where you have to lean on, you know, Dax Raymond from Utah State or Ian Bunting from Cal started his career at Michigan. I like them as players, but I don't think you can count on them yet. I know, in fact, obviously you can't count on them yet. It's sort of proven depth in this thing. <laughs> Matt Nagy didn't get to use two tight ends as much as he wanted to last year. When you look at the 12 personnel uh, usage across the league, you will notice that the Chiefs and the Eagles, the two offenses closest to Matt Nagy, were among the league leaders. The Bears were two points below the league average at 18% in 12 personnel. I'm a little confused, which happens often on Adam Shaheen. For the X's and O's uh, people listening, they love to get into the X's and O's. Just real quick, the uh, there's the U tight end, and remember that means the move. He's you know Burton. There's the the Y tight end, which is more of the blocking, I guess. But then, don't some teams have the X tight end, which like splits out? What is or who is what does what position is Adam Shaheen, or is he all three of them, or what, or what? Yeah, I mean, he was drafted uh, a couple years ago, 45th overall, with the belief that he could do it all. I- I'm not as sure about the X. I feel like in most offenses, it's those two. And then, uh, you know, if guys can do even more, the X is generally in most offenses verbiage. It's the wide receiver, of yeah, course, the, yeah. you know, the, the second receiver. But right. uh, Shaheen just, uh, I don't know. I haven't even really seen, I don't know about you guys, I haven't seen the functional athleticism that we heard all about yeah. when he came out of Ashland University. So that would suggest uh, maybe any... Uh, hopes to stick him in at the move spot again, which is the Trey Burton, the, the right. U, the Zebra, whatever you want to call it, that moves all over the field. You have to be athletic. You have to be fluid. Uh, neither of those those you know terms or anything I would use to describe what we've okay. seen from Adam Sheen thus far. Arthur, it is our job and it's our responsibility. And uh, actually, I'm told that any time we have a Bears guest on, we have to ask them about the kickers. Um, <laughs> sure. Eddie Pinheiro, 27-yarder and a 41-yarder. Elliot Fry misses. Is this just going to go this way all the way through the four games? And then on August 31st, cutdown day, they're going to pick one? Or do you think there's going to be something made and a decision made before that? Well, we can confirm Pro Football Weekly has the Bears were incredibly aggressive in, in trying to get Kari Vedvik before he went to Minnesota. They were right. the first ones on the phone. They were disappointed not to have a chance to make that final counter offer. Uh, we reported that at Pro Football Weekly earlier this week. So it's pretty clear uh, that Ryan Pace, that Matt Nagy, that Chris Tabor, that Jamie Cole aren't fully comfortable with where they're at right now. Now, all that being said, I, I think that both guys have had a decent camp. Yes, they've uh, had some misses early on in the preseason where Matt Nagy said, of course, the kicks are going to be more weighted, uh, but they weren't awful in Bourbonnet. Right. And I think it's just been more magnified because of the double doink and because of just the, the you know, well-documented uh, downfall of Cody Parkey last year. But um, we'll see. Right now it kind of remains even because, remember, Elliot Fry hit the big, ironic 43-yarder t- uh, two weeks ago, and then it was Pinheiro last night from 41 and I think 27 looking really good. So it has been a seesaw battle. Uh, but I started out on Eddie Pinheiro thinking he had the biggest upside, knowing that the Bears potentially forfeited some future draft capital to bring him in. Uh, and although Elliot Fry has done a few things now and again, up and down, to show me uh, that maybe he can kick in this league too, I'm kind of leaning back toward Pinheiro and thinking if it's going to be one of these two guys. Uh, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but did you guys notice it was Pinheiro off the bench first in both of these games too? Right. 
uh, although Elliot Fry's been here longer. So it might mean nothing. It might be a little tip how the Bears are feeling. Yeah, Pinero 41 yards, like Fred said, then Fry missed 47. And then right. Pinero, the 27, it was not center cut. Again, it's through the uprights, it's three points. But even right. uh, Adam Amin Adam said Amin's, he snuck it in there. Snuck, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You won't see Fred. I, 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 was, I was listening to that, I so I didn't have to listen to Bill Walton. <laughs> So, <laughs> Arthur, we have a, a couple uh, Murph and Fred fan focus group Twitter polls active here. Uh, you don't have to vote, or you can, or we can play along and see what the results are. Uh, Big Bad Sean, uh, Bears fans were asked to vote. Been going for about three hours now, Arthur. I wrote these late last night, so they might be a little uh, <clears throat> odd. Key to the Bears offense, multiple choice. The key to the Bears offense Matt Nagy, Mitch Trubisky, of the tight end. All right. What did the fans say uh, here, Sean? The key to the Bears' offense, is it Matt Nagy or is it Mitch Trubisky? Or is it the tight end? Yeah, they went for the low-hanging fruit, Mitch Trubisky, 80%. Now, that's the obvious answer. I mean, and who wouldn't vote? Well, 20% didn't. Who wouldn't vote for Mitch Trubisky? Is that the right answer or is Matt Nagy? Arthur Arkush, the key to the Bears' offense. No, guys, we saw Matt Nagy prove his worth last year in scheming up offense that could kind of mask some of Mitch Trubisky's limitations. Uh, There's no question uh, to me that in year three, it's all about Mitch. He's got to take another step. I think similar to the one he took last year, he's got to be a guy that can win the game, win some games for the Bears uh, rather than kind of just having to rely on the defense to do all the work. All right. Next Twitter poll, similar on the other side of the ball. Bears fans, key to the Bears defense. Chuck Pagano, Khalil Mack, or Leonard Floyd. What the... Fred's smiling, but he's not laughing. Where'd that come from? I'll tell you where it came from. It came from Alex Brown. Alex Brown was on earlier this week. And Alex Brown, he basically said, he said, you know what? This... Everyone knows Mac. Everyone knows uh, every, but Floyd. He's the guy that's sort of like on offense, where there's no one to double team him, where he could be the real key. But uh, what the fans vote on this one, there, Sean? Khalil Mack, fifty-three percent. Just for hold, hold, just fifty-three. Fifty-three. All right, continue. Chuck Pagano, thirty-seven percent. All right, and then Leonard Floyd. He only got ten percent of the vote. I love that. 10%. 10%, All right. Go ahead. Blow a hole through all this for me, Arthur. (laughs) Well, I think it's the proven commodity, Khalil Mack. He's already what you can hang your hat on. I definitely wouldn't vote for him. Uh, I understand the Leonard Floyd thing Uh because I think from a matchup standpoint, he's the one who has the ability to make this defense kind of unstoppable from a matchup standpoint because you already know how good Khalil Mack is and you already know what type of opportunities Floyd's going to get on the other edge. With all that being said, Look at the history of teams changing defensive coordinators, uh, going from Vic Fangio, one of the best in the uh-huh. business, to Chuck Pagano, who's also thought to be one of the best in the business. But we'll see what he's willing to do to tailor his scheme. We've heard all about the aggression, all about the blitzing and man coverage. Well, what if that's not what best suits your personnel? Because Cal mm. Fuller is one of the best corners in the league, mm. but it's not by playing press man all the time. Prince can do that a little bit more, but mm. I think the onus is on Chuck Pagano uh, to not be stubborn here and make sure he is willing to adapt. Yes, he's going to blitz, and yes, he's going to play some man, but he's got to mix it up, and he's got to make sure he's doing uh, what plays to the strengths of, of really the best defense mm. in football. So if he does that, they're mm. going to be in great shape. But if he's trying to square 
you know, jam square pegs and round holes as he's assured us since the spring he's not going to do, uh, then this there, there might be a little bit of this regression we're hearing about, uh, or maybe a little bit more regression than we're hearing about, because I know that the defense has to regress a bit after one of the best seasons in recent memory in the NFL. They have to re- Well, we're out of time. Uh, next time, they have to regress. I don't know. I get John DeWan, my stats guy, on. <laughs> Do, does, do they have to regress to the mean? Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. I like the word progress. They're going to get even better, maybe. Arthur, ask Dad about the September of 69. This is nothing, okay? Yeah, but uh, make sure you're more than an arm's length away. Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll do that, fellas. Let's go out there and get a W today. Hopefully, thanks for having yeah. me on, and have a great weekend, okay? Hey, thanks, what's, Arthur. What's, go- any, what's going on at Pro Football Weekly? I'm sorry. How do we get a hold of you guys? Oh, yeah, yeah. Check us out over at pfwfootballweekly.com uh, backslash bears. We've got a great uh, sign-up rate for a yearly subscription. Uh, Hub and I are cranking out content and uh, just really, really excited about the special season ahead. We've got podcasts. We've got analysis. We've got news. Whatever you're looking for, it's available at profootballweekly.com. Cool. Thanks, Arthur. Thanks so much. Have a great day. All right, you too. Murph and Fred. It is a gorgeous Saturday and yeah. a perfect day to head on out to Fields, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Glenview. Mm-hmm. You want to get a low price, a whole lot more. Some dealerships, they advertise false prices. They get you in the door and then they say, no, 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 we don't have that one. Well, at Fields, they don't do that. They want to earn your business. They will never mislead you. Go on over to Fields, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Glenview, or you can visit them at FieldsCJD.com. Tell them you want to check out the Jeep Gladiator. Tell them Fred told me to check it out. I'm here. That's what I want to do. Right there, Fields, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Glenview. We'll get back on the Cubs beat. We're going to talk White Sox with Fred Hubner when we return. Still not sure if I agree automatic that, oh, you know what? Uh, they can't do the same, uh, the Bears, with takeaways, uh, the fumble recovery, the ball bounces funny. The average is a 12, a 12 takeaway ah. reduction. Yeah. When when you go that high every okay. year. All right. So Does anyone ever get better? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe there's That's a first to shoot for. for everything. Cup fans, you can light it up again. We took a lot of your calls. And the low-hanging fruit, I thought everyone was mad at Joe Madden, but evidently they're not. Our Twitter poll says so. Back in a flash, ESPN 1000. Mike Murphy. Fred Hubner back together on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Ah, that was a fun little respite to get away from Cubs talk, and uh, we have White Sox talk. Fred, two out of three from the uh, Houston Astros, a doubleheader right. Tuesday, and then the victory splitting the double. I didn't hear enough talk about that. No, because the Cubs were losing, so people didn't talk much about the White Sox winning. But uh-huh. uh, yeah, Sox played well against Houston, and. Uh, you know they didn't face Garrett Cole. Cole was hurt, but they, uh, you know, they, they they faced Miley and uh, they went out there and you know for the most part Houston yeah. had their guys. You know uh, Alvarez was there and Springer was there and Altuve was there and you know Correa was there. That's a so, real lineup, a real yeah. batting order. Oh my, up and down, and they've got it. And uh, the White Sox played very very well, and it's it means something yeah. when you knock off teams and people are saying, oh, the fifteen, you know, twelve games under five hundred. They're working. They're playing hard. You know what? You know they're not. They don't have the team to win anything right now. But they're out there and they're playing hard, and that's good to see. Well, doubleheader Tuesday, and the uh, first doubleheaders are so hard to sweep. Dylan Cease, yeah. uh, six innings pitched, 
two earned runs, so he had a, a quality start. He's been better every game. Uh, three pitches he threw got somehow past Wellington Castillo, which didn't help. He was brutal, Castillo. But uh, Dylan Cease with the electric arm and each start, you know. It's, you it's, learn. You it's learn something. Baby steps. Look what happened last year with Giolito. Mm-hmm. I was just talking to Sean about it yeah. during the commercial. I mean, Giolito last year struggled so bad. This year he got his 13th win last night. I mean, since the All-Star break, he's only won two games. But He's, a, he's he's starting to figure it out a little bit. Plus, he also knew Tyler Skaggs. So last night was kind of a tough start yes. for him. Yes. Uh, you know, there with Tyler Skaggs up on the on the outfield wall and him being there and that. So uh, it was a difficult start, but he pitched well. Went six innings, struck out 11 guys. So the second game of the uh, doubleheader, Sox again take two out of three from Houston during the week. That was the week that was TW3. That was going to be the new segment three weeks. I keep forgetting to bring it back, but there we just did. Nova pitch game two. They uh, beat Houston four to one. Nine innings pitched. Yeah. Four hits, no earned runs, no earnings, uh, no walks. That's a hell of an outing. Quality yeah, another, start. Another complete game. Yeah. He's shown a couple of them this year. And, uh, you know, that's what they were expecting a little bit more from him this year. But nice guy to have with some of these other uh, younger pitchers. And he actually has worked a little bit with uh, Ronaldo Lopez. And Lopez has been pitching very, very well. Uh, Tribune did a great breakdown of Lopez in the paper today. Uh, who was it? Lamond Pope talking about it. He says Lopez uh, wasn't really sharp on Thursday. But since, you know, the second half, he's been pretty darn good. He had a 634 um, yes, in the first is. half. Uh-huh. And uh, since then, he's been pitching very, very well. And, uh, you know, a rough start here and there. But Ronaldo Lopez is a guy they need to figure out what he's going to do. Is he going to be one of their starters mm-hmm. or is he going to be a bullpen guy? He did both with uh, Washington before the trade. And uh, the White Sox see him as a starter. But now it's up to him to earn it. Jesse, in a few minutes, we'll get right back to the Cubs. Fred, look at the White Sox. Not the pit, but other than the pitching. Let's look at, say, a year from now, maybe, you know, August of 2020. Right. Or even opening day of 2021. The starting eight, all right, not the pitcher. The starting eight, throw right. in the DH if you want, whatever. You can see where there's a chance for something to really develop here. Look at, let's look at the White Sox infield a year from today or opening day of 2021. Third, short, second, and first. It's already, unless something happens, and you never know, and they all don't go, like we always say, right to the Hall of Fame from the minor leagues. Right. Northy was saying that on, uh, on, uh, yeah. Yeah, on the odds couple. I, I heard it. I uh-huh. shanghaied it from yep. him. Yep. I always shanghai from Northy. <laughs> so, third, short, second, and first for the White Sox. So go around. You got Moncada. You got Moncada, Anderson, Madrigal, and uh, Abreu or whoever. Yeah, you have Andrew Vaughn who's hitting the ball. And they also have a couple. Gavin Sheets is actually hitting very well. He's actually leading the league he's in. And uh, Gavin Sheets is a guy they drafted uh, two years ago. You ever hear Stone, my good buddy Steve Stone, talk about Vaughn? The first round pick this year was number three overall. Right-handed slugger from somewhere out in Pepperdine or Southern Cal out there. He was the best hitter in the draft. Yep, that's a, that's an infield for ten years. Yeah, it, it's kind of. It, it, I, I only get worried because there were a couple other best hitters in the draft, and their names were Schwarber and Hap. Uh, yeah. So I'm hoping that Vaughn's a little bit better than them. How's Jason McLeod's <laughs> a week going? That's the Bobo number two over there. 
underneath Theo Epstein, Bobo number one being Jed, and Bobo number two being director of uh, scouting and uh, player development, uh, drafting, Jason McLeod. Uh-huh. How's his uh, week going? You look at his number one picks, all right? Yeah. The four big ones. Yeah, Mil- Moore just got sent back down. The core four? Yeah. All right. Hap, Hap just got sold, called back up. All right. Hap was a triple A this yeah. year. Uh, like you just said, uh, Almora got sent down. Almora just got sent down, and even though it wasn't him, but the how about the trade uh, uh, Jeff Samarja with the Oakland A's to get Addison Russell? Right. So a triple A in the last month have been Addison Russell, Happ, and Elmora. Yeah. How's how's all that going for development? Not well, but you do have to give credit to uh, Schwarbs. Quickest to a hundred home runs. Yeah. Quickest come to a hundred home runs. Yeah. Hitting so. the title list. Yeah. So Moose Martin didn't have a title. That one he hit. I, I, he <laughs> he is so much fun to watch when he hits balls oh, yeah. to uh, to left center and the dead center, and uh, he's got so much power to those two. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, he's still got to figure out how to get mm. on base a little bit more. Yes, I'm avoiding getting to last night's game. One more avoider. One more uh, thing to avoid. Some people, because we're only here on Saturdays, yeah. they, they probably would have thought you'd be a lot more upset about the oh. six run ninth inning uh, from Philadelphia yeah. a couple nights ago. Mm. What you should be upset about is yeah. the Cubs had five hits yesterday. Well, yeah. Again, they're not hitting the ball. I don't know how you expect them to do a whole heck of a lot. And um, They scored two runs. Yeah. They had a 5 nothing lead in the game two nights ago, and then they lose 7-5. Right. Last night, they had five hits right. total. So uh, I guess it must be, you know, Joe's fault. Or They scored two runs. The top six hitters in the uh, batting order go two for 22. The best reliever failed. The best reliever available last night, uh-huh. you know, failed. C-Sheck and uh, Kimbrell are due back within a day or two. Joe's pitching moves are all perfect. If you can break them, you look, look at him and really break him down and look at why he brought the lefty in the right and what he did. Oh, no, no, no. Joe's going to be stuck when they have the, the rule that a pitcher's got to go to three guys in a row. It'll be easier for him. Well... It might be easier you don't have to for think him. so much. Well, yeah, but what I, like what I'm saying is, yeah. you know, Kyle Ryan in, and he could have left Kyle Ryan in longer, and you know, yeah, yeah there, there's all there's a lot of why don't you leave the guy in longer? Well, you're going to have to leave people in longer because if you go to a, a bullpen guy, you know, you're going to have to leave him in for three hitters unless it ends the inning. So, well, let's, that'll let's, be an interesting rule when it happens. So uh, he brings Ryan in for the number one and number two hitters. The number one hitter was, this is ninth inning, Frazier, who's a lefty, so he brings in Ryan. He gets a uh, fly out to center. Then the switch hitting Reynolds gets the uh, ground ball that goes somehow past Bodie. Right. Then he brings in Kinsler, gets the ground ball. Then the intentional walk and the walk and the walk. Were you, hit. Were you, uh, how'd you feel about the intentional walk? Well, you know what? I was trying to digest it, and then... Now, correct me if I'm wrong. The intentional walk becomes the winning run, right? Yeah, yeah, well, right. So... But here's what Jim Deshaies said. So the ninth inning obviously begins. Cubs are uh, leading uh, at 2-1. to one. They'll lose 3-2. to two. In fact, let's hear how they went ahead. Here's uh, Kemp. Is it Jake? Tony, Tony. Tony. Tony Kemp. Who's Jake Kemp? I, I have no idea. <laughs> you said that earlier. I don't know who Jake Kemp yeah. is. So let's go to the Google machine and we'll find him. So there's a crazy eighth inning. The Cubs are losing one to nothing. And uh, Schwarber leads off with a uh, line out. out to second. 
Then Luke Roy gets a, a dunker, uh, Duxnard base hit. Now the pitchers do up, and he brings in Happ, and he gets a base hit first and third. Now here's where it's interesting. They bring in a lefty, Vasquez. And Joe keeps Tony Kemp. He's not a switch hitter. No, he's lefty all the way. He could have brought in Russell right there. So Kemp is up, lefty on lefty, and uh, here's what happened. There's a drive out toward the gap. It'll get in there. Luke Roy scores. Half around third. Relay to the plate. Not in time. Cubs lead 2-1. to one. Highlights, uh, WGN, good old Channel Nine. Yeah, I mean, he hit the heck out of the ball. I mean, it, it was a uh, just to the just to the right of the center fielder. He was never getting it. He and made he a, could fly around the base. Oh, he can. He made a highlight reel play at second. Turned a smash like 110 off the radar gun. Exit Velo into a, a four six three. Made another nice play at second. He'll be playing second now for about five days until Peter's out. I saw. I swear to God, I saw somewhere that Descalso was uh... today. Oh no, he's. Uh, he'll be up September first, probably because he's a good rah rah guy. He's a wonderful teammate. That's fine. All the girls like him. She's, yeah, she's a great cook. You know. Yeah. Right. He's a wonderful guy. That's fine. Yeah. Can he play baseball? Right. Anymore. By the way, men can cook well, also. Okay, just for the record. Okay. So now everything's Not looking me. good. I can make. I make great, great scrambled eggs. But you won't wear a... I bet if you wore a tie-dyed shirt while you were cooking. Nope. Things would be better, Bill uh, Walton. Not a chance. So they go to the ninth inning last night. Oh, have, has anyone looked at the wild card standings? We'll get back to that in I a moment. I got right here. Uh, okay. Uh-huh. So, uh, top, so the bottom of the ninth, Cubs are winning. Looks like it's going to be boom, 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 right? Everything's going to be just wonderful. After Phelps went three up, three down. In the bottom of the eighth, so bottom of the ninth, they got top of the order. You know, it's a it's a uh, it's a, a two to one uh, two to one game, and uh, so Ryan comes in the lefty because the leadoff hitter Frazier is a lefty. He gets him to uh, drill the ball out to center field. Then the switch hitter, they turn him around with the Ryan uh, the lefty, and that's a, a two hopper like a super ball, a crazy ball, boing boing, and it just goes right under Bodie's. Like Olay sweep with his glove on his left hand. I don't know. Brian would have thrown him out, but it might have been closer. Or I think might he, may, actually, he might yeah. have actually flagged it down. Yeah. Then you got the right-handed hitting Marte coming up, Stalin Marte. So you bring in Kinsler, right? Smart move. Kinsler grounds out. Uh, grounds out. Man on first now. Uh, one out. Then uh, well, yeah, Reynolds goes to second. Goes yeah. to second. So now you got uh, two out. Man on second and uh, Bell. They're really their best hitter. Their best, best hitter, but another slump. but another guy ruined by home run derby. Oh, that's a good point. I never thought of that. Well, and uh, Chapman too from the Oakland A's has been miserable, miserable right. since home run derby. But still, Bell is their uh, yeah. Bell cow, if you'll excuse me, and uh, RBI man. So Joe could have pitched to him, uh, but he said, "You know what? Uh, I'm going to intentionally walk him." I'm That's tough putting the winning run on base. Well, it is. It is the winning run. Because you're up two to one. There's a man on second. You walk the guy at first. And all of a sudden, you got first and second with, with two outs. But he is their best hitter I know. overall. I know. He's slumping. I understand that. So that puts first and second uh, two out. And you don't really expect that now the wheels are going to fall off. Kinsler's going to walk him to uh, load the bases. 
Well, see, the one nice part is, what what do they always tell you about it in intentional walks? I mean, in, in the old day, you used to have to throw four balls outside. Now you just say, put them on base. Go yeah, ahead. Good you don't point. have to worry about it. But also, um, now there's more pressure on him. Right. Because now he knows if they're a walking guy, we're loading the bases. So he walks one guy. Well, that started after the 70s, like the soft 80s. Now, I don't intentionally walk a guy because then that'll psych him out the pitcher and then he's going to walk the More next guy. More pressure on him, right. Never used to be like that. I know, never was. So now the but, Cubs are winning by one run. There's two out. The base is loaded. Tucker's up there. And he keeps fouling pitches off, fouling pitches off. And this is big league ball. I love that when he said it. The stretch of the 3-2 tied on a walk. So that intentional walk to Bell, followed by back-to-back freebies, and it's a 2-2 game. WGN TV. It's a big league ball. After, that I was a good, that, call, good call. That was awesome. I, after the game, now I didn't hear it, but I read it that evidently Kinsler said, well, I wasn't happy with my pitch selection on that last pitch. I think he said I shouldn't should not have thrown a changeup or whatever I threw I shouldn't have thrown it. He was he was having a problem with his legs on the mound. He was you you saw him struggling with the mound and looking at, down at the dirt. Well, I don't he know what hopped the problem on, was. on the previous pitch yeah. to the one we just heard. He stumbled on his delivery plant foot. Yeah, so, he wasn't comfortable. Now it's two to two. All right, and bases are still loaded. And fans are going nuts. I'm getting ready. It's going to be extra inning ball game today. Go time on 3-2. Ground ball up the middle. Pirates win. Another heartbreaking loss for the Cubs. Well, he threw 28 pitches. Oh, I know. Yeah. 20, oh, well. he's probably, he probably can't go today. Oh, no way. He threw 28 pitches. Well, especially it's an afternoon game. Well, they left C- I bet Cishek's there today. Yeah, he probably will be. And then Jesse can say uh, at 11 o'clock, well, I don't know if they should have brought in the guy. They just brought him back. Well, maybe they should bring Chatwood in once in a while. Oh, Jesse's all over there, yeah. too. <laughs> That's some good arguments. Yeah. Maybe last night would have been then. I just bring him in, let him throw canned heat for the ninth inning sink or swim. Back in a flash, Murph and Fred, Jesse at 11, ESPN 1000. See, I haven't, uh, you know, forgotten to turn on the microphone uh-huh. in about 10 years. And yep. that was good. I... You turned it on there. And I didn't turn it on. Uh-huh. And thank goodness. <laughs> Jesse Rogers in a couple of minutes. Uh, do you have something to read there for? No. Other? No, wild no. Card you have a wild? I'm okay. looking at. Now, the Cubs this morning. If Are you, not in first place. If you want to look at your standings, it's, uh, well, maybe you probably don't want to. The Cardinals are, oh, Dexter Fowler with a big night last night. Uh yeah, but that's okay. He was a leadoff hitter, but then... But you weren't going to... Right. But you know what? You needed to get another leadoff hitter. You weren't going to pay him that kind of money. Right. But you know what's interesting? I wonder if he would have been as bad... Well, he wasn't bad. Was he, oh, he's been bad. Yeah. He's been really bad. He hasn't bad. been great. Right. Would he have been better with the Cubs than he has been with St. Louis? I don't know. You don't know. He might have been the same guy with the Cubs. You go, we go. He went. Yeah, he did. And I, had no, I had no problem at the time. No, not at all. But you know what? How do you Why know? Why don't this? you got to replace him? 
Well, how do you know? Yeah. You got to replace them. You know, oh, no, we'll get by. You know why? It's, it's the metrics. I'm telling you, the analytics and fail and the propeller heads. They say you don't know. Well, everybody say, does. You, this says you don't need a leadoff guy. Yeah. Look at the Phillies. Like we were saying, they're batting Hoskins and Harper one and two the other day. Yeah. Now the, they had Roman Quinn on there yeah. batting first yesterday with Harper two. The Cubs have been wrong for three years thinking you don't need... Anyone just mix and match. You just punch in a guy with the on-base percentage. Let's go to the uh, Twitter poll. Let's bring in Big Bad Sean. Uh, Cubs fans, here was the question. You've been voting for about three, four hours now. Of all of Theo Epstein's many mistakes, his biggest problem has been A, bad drafting, B, blowing the budget, C, no leadoff man. I'm very interested in how this is going to turn out. Cub fans have voted Theo's of all his mistakes. The biggest mistake he's made, the biggest problem he has is bad drafting. That would be Jason McLeod, Bobo number two. Blowing through the budget, or C, no leadoff man. All right, Sean. Give it to me, baby. What was the winner? Start right from the top. Hey, this is your closest poll of the day. Right. Blowing the budget, 42%. Mm-hmm. No leadoff man, 36%. Yeah. And bringing up the rear bad drafting at 22%, which is shocking to me. I would switch the whole thing. Yeah. I would have switched it all. But. Well, the bad drafting is the beginning of the end. Yeah. The bad drafting, you know, is tough because. You can't it, fix that. No, but, it, but also the guys they drafted. It's not like they were out of the blue. It's not like they were surprises, okay? Mm -hmm. Ian Happ was what they called the best pure hitter in the draft. Schwarber was the best pure hitter in the draft. But they got those guys. I understand poor drafting because they didn't get guys in the second, third, fourth rounds to help them out. They didn't get pitchers. They just traded two of their pitchers. So, obviously, they were not real good. Thomas Hatch and Alex Lang just got traded this year in the last month or so. How about the number one pick from a year and a half ago now, Nico Horner? Yeah. How about this? He has he doesn't have a shortstop. They thought it was a shortstop. And he he has no shortstop arm. Okay. So they uh, tried him at second base. Now they have him in center and he's got no shortstop arm so he and he doesn't have speed. So he doesn't have enough arm nor speed for center. He can't play short. Can he play second? Well he better because there's no DH in the National League, and here's yeah. the other thing: yeah. he's a uh, uh, between the gap, between the alleys hitter. Okay, so he doesn't have any big pop, so he's got no big pop, he's got no big arm, and he's got no big speed. But he's a contact guy, so he looks like he's an out. He's on base. It's not base. Not base. There you yeah. go. There you go. Yep. Jesse next wild card. Fred's got the wild card standings. We'll get to them too. I'll just warn you, Cub fans, it ain't pretty. Back in a flash. Hour number three is next. ESPN one thousand. One minute away from Jesse Rogers. He's in Pittsburgh. Fred's got the lineups. Fred's got the wild card standings. Oh, but last night, it was a walk-off. A second walk-off loss. Can you have a walk-off loss? Sure. Oh, yeah. He's still sure walking you off. Uh-huh. No time on 3-2. Ground ball at the middle. Pirates win. Another heartbreaking loss for the Cubs. Saturday, be on the park. 
off, you may not realize, walk-off came from yeah. Dennis Eckersley. Oh, I know. They, uh, talking about a walk-off because a walk-off was a yeah. pitcher. Yeah. When the other team won the game, he had to, walk, was, off. He had to walk off. So that's where it came from. Oh, yeah. Now it's been flipped around. Right. And unfortunately for the Cubs, two nights in a row, there's been a walk-off against them. Let's go to Pittsburgh, and we won't ask him if he had the big hoagie sandwich or whatever the hell he eats. And Jesse! Just three cups of coffee. That's uh, what I need after last night. And then and then knowing I'm going to talk to you two after yep, two walk-offs, yep. I need four cups. That's right. That's right. Well, you ought to do what I do. You only drink If I only drink coffee once a week on Saturday morning, it really kicks in. Fans say hi to Jesse Rogers. He's in Pittsburgh. And, uh, well, it wasn't pretty. But, Jesse, I know you haven't listened to Murph and Fred for the last uh, two hours. Kidding? He's been listening all morning. No, he's been in with <laughs> Joe, working over the batting order of the lineup and the wild card standings. But as I've been saying, Jesse, this is nothing to me. In 1969, in September, Jesse, this happened 30 days in a row. 30 <laughs> days in a row. We've only gone two, three days here in a row. But... The reality is, it's not pretty, and walk-off losses make it look even worse. Uh, Jesse, as far as uh, Joe Madden, we took a Twitter poll that I think you're going to find interesting. Uh, Early this morning, it's been active now, up and active for many hours. And uh, it says, Cub fans, multiple choice. Who are you most mad at? Tom Ricketts, the owner. Theo Epstein, the general manager. Joe Madden or the players? I was very surprised and very uh, stunned. The fans are most mad at, well, maybe this is understood because this is what fans, the players, 54%. But here's the shocker. Second place was Theo Epstein with 24% and only 14 for Joe Madden. Only 14% of the fans, because you know what? The silent majority, and then there's the the vocal minority. Boy, I read this people that Twitter and tweet you afterwards, and they're all going, but Joe this, Joe that, Joe this, Joe that. Should have left Hendricks in. Yeah, what the? You should have. Why would you? Losing one nothing, but why pinch hit for him? Yeah, you should let him bat and lose one to nothing. At least he wasn't giving up any more runs. Oh, intentionally walk. He got. Why wouldn't you intentionally walk and make it five to four with one out and the bases loaded? Harper with Rio Muto coming up. It's unbelievable. The the stuff, young man, that you have to go through. I don't know how you do it. And you reply to a lot of people. I got to take my hat off to you. Yeah, I do. I'm not sure why exactly. I guess I'm a <laughs> sucker. I don't know. Um, it, it is. I don't want to demean anybody, but I, I don't know. We grew up in a different time where we, we, we understood baseball baseball by the age of 15. And I feel like not a lot of people understand the game. I mean, uh, someone, yeah, you just saw my tweet. Someone said, "Why did he pinch hit for Kyle Hendricks? They're down one nothing." I had a guy on my Facebook page actually say this, and I asked him if he was being sarcastic. He asked me why Caratini caught Darvish the other night. Lacroix would have been a better option. The guy went seven innings, didn't walk anybody, and struck out ten. I, I don't. Uh, here's the thing about social media and baseball: they don't go together. It's such an emotional um, medium. Social media. And baseball's a long, grinding season. You can't get caught up in the emotion. In fact, I asked Joe Madden today, is there a place for anger in baseball? Because I keep getting asked, are they angry in there? Are they angry in there? And I think, Murph, you know this. Angry might work in football, where you can go 
knock someone's head off. Angry doesn't work in baseball. You can be upset. You can be disappointed. But you have to channel it the right way. And I think people are just grasping for anything when they start asking me these insane, insane questions. There are legitimate managerial questions to ask probably on a nightly basis. But leave it to that. You don't have to stretch and ask these these crazy ones. Uh, you know, two nights ago, why did he go to Pedro Strope? That's a legitimate question. But you don't have to ask 10 more with it. Ask the legitimate ones. Wonder about the legitimate ones, not the illegitimate ones. Jesse Rogers in in Pittsburgh. And I was half tongue-in-cheek. But seriously, in 1969, they had 30 games in a row that were like this. And it's sort of saying what you're saying. It's not football with 16 games, which is another major difference between you're able to knock a guy's head off, as you say, and you got a week and you only play 16. So every you multiply that by 10, there's 160, 162 games. There's 10 times more. You can't elevate or ride up and down every day. You'll never make it past June. No, and that's been mad in strength, and you know it's got to it, it's got to show up here. If he has some weaknesses, we know that's his strength, keeping this thing on 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 the tracks. And you know, frankly, he's done a pretty good job over four years. It's not like they've had an under five hundred season, though the payroll says that they shouldn't as well. But yeah, I mean, you can't ride that roller coaster, and especially in the tough times like right now. I mean, I don't have the stat in front of me. I think this is right. They are now after the last two nights. Mm-hmm. I believe this is right. Seven and twenty-three in one or two run games on the road. Seven and twenty-three mm-hmm. in one or two run games. I mean, that will test your patience, your sanity. It, it, I mean, just you're good enough to have that number a little bit more even. But for whatever reason, it's not even. It's not. It's been horrendous. And you know, will it turn? I mean, they've got forty games left to figure it out. Jess, let me ask you one question about last night, and we we went over it a little bit. With with uh, two outs, do you walk Josh Bell intentionally with a guy in second? What, what, I don't what think were you Kins- thinking about that? Yeah. Because okay. that's, the, that's I, the winning I, run. Here's the problem. If this is Kinsler from a week ago before the injury, go ahead and walk him. He'll get the next guy out. Okay. But because he's coming back after 10 days off, I actually would rather have him pitch to him because command is going to be the problem. Not Not necessarily Josh Bell hitting a home run off of him. But command is going to be a problem. So when you add another base runner, what what does it set you up for? Two more walks. Now you can't predict two more walks, right? But I but I actually, you know, I tweeted at the time like I don't think Kinsler's on board with this walk. And if you, I think he's gotten uh, Josh Bell out before. But look, you cannot deny the idea of walking Josh Bell is like the worst thing in the world. I mean, come on, right? It, it, no, it's, I a 50, it's a 50-50 call at best. Most managers would have walked him. You don't want to get beat with a base open by that guy. Get beat by Colin Moran or Tucker, whoever's up after him. I didn't love it, but but the whole situation I didn't love. And this this again is an imperfect roster with with imperfect relievers. You're you're, you're pitching a guy who hasn't had a save chance all year after he's been on the DL for ten days, IL for ten days. It's not a perfect situation. Now- so. They went one route, and it didn't yeah. work because his command was off. Now, you weren't, uh, obviously, w- uh, watching and listening to Len Casper and no. Jim Deshays. I love Jim Deshays. He's grown on me unbelievable. He's uh, right there with Stoney when it comes to predicting stuff, in my opinion. He's also very funny, sort of subtle. You have to have an upper level of humor, which, uh, you know, I usually don't, but I do. I evidently, <laughs> evidently, I track with him. But here's what he said. 
Now, there's an old axiom that I'm sure most fans have never heard. You play to tie at home and win on the road in baseball. And why is that? Because if you just tie the game at home and then bottom of the ninth, you got another inning. But when you're on the road, you want to try, you want to try to win the game, uh, in the top of the inning or when you, so what Jim Deshays pulled out was that that intentional walk we're talking about to Bell, right? To put the tying, yes. the winning run on, on base. He said, though he didn't use it in so many words, he says, Joe's playing here all out to win. In other words, he didn't want to like lay back and say, all right, you know, let's see what Bell can do. He was being proactive. It didn't work because of the double walks coming up, which you can or cannot predict, right. you know. But that was another. And there's so many. See, that baseball is a thinking man's game, as Ernie Banks said many years ago. I think Jesse probably cut that for you. Which was sort of paradoxical because I don't know. Ernie wasn't always the guy you'd consider <laughs> saying something's a thinking man's game. I love Ernie. But that's just another way to even look at it. Joe was being pro agony. You know, I'm going to, we're playing to win this game. I'm not going to you know, mess around and See what happens. I'm going to win this game. I'm putting that guy on first base, sink or swim. Just another angle. Of course, and it, it, it's a base open with the best hitter on the team up. Right. I mean, it's you can't you can't criticize it that much. You know, there's, Murphy, you talk about a thinking man's game. It is. There's so many little things. I talked to Kinslow afterwards. Okay, the final batter, the base hit up the middle, came on a three-two pitch, right? Yep. So he's he's got to throw a strike, and he even said, you know. I knew I was going to try to throw it down the middle. Maybe I should have told Javi to play up the middle because that's a situation where if you're throwing it down the middle, there's a good chance the hitter's going to hit it up the middle, especially mm-hmm. if he's not selling out for a home run. Yeah. So all these little things, if, if Javi's a little bit to his to his left, maybe he makes that play. But, you know, Kinsler's been so good all year. It was very predictable his command would be a little bit off, and it was. Think about how they got beat. They got beat by the walks, but it was a ground ball to Bodie. I don't know where his head is on the field, by the way. It was a ground ball up the middle. It was a little dinker to, to Kinsler, who got uh, the runner to second. I mean, nothing left the infield, and they lost the game um, because of the walks. Um, and for a guy that was on the IL, I mean, all these little things. And it's it's just back to this team isn't deep enough to overcome. You, that's why Joe keeps talking about the offense, Murph. Even though the numbers say the pitching's worse on the road, if you score uh, six or seven these last couple sure. nights. You win the game, and you're not thinking about all these little things late because your offense does, shows up. But you can't ask for six or seven on the road. You you can hope for it, but you can't expect it, and and that's the problem. Well, and then I first saw this one of your uh, many uh, friendly tweets last night to you, not your tweets, but in income incoming <laughs> two for twenty two. The top six hitters in the batting or the lineup last night. You can't win games scoring two runs and going two for twenty two at the top. Right, you're crossing your fingers in the ninth. Now, 5-1 to one, two nights ago, you should win. 5 nothing, six outs to go, then 5-1 with two outs to go, you should win. But, you know, you took the lead in the eighth, you're hoping you're winning, the, you know, you're going to win 2-1, to one, but you can't bank on it, especially with a reliever coming off the IL, and, and, and it came back to bite them. It's just, uh, you know, Joe's playing a game of whack-a-mole. I don't think he's been anything <laughs> close to perfect this year. I don't think he's maxed out mm-hmm. his roster. I've said this over and over, but he is playing a game of whack-a-mole. Here he tries to... Uh, line up Bodie, Schwarber, and Bryant, just on paper. Who's the weakest defender? You would say Schwarber. So he tries to strengthen the outfield and keep the defense and the infield intact. But for some reason, Bodie's having a bad year on defense, and, and, it, and it comes back to bite them. You know, if he leaves Bryant at third, maybe they win the game. And the thing is, you could criticize Joe for that because Ryan and Kinsler are ground ball pitchers. The likelihood of a fly ball to left that, that Schwarber couldn't handle, probably slim. But 
again, out of those three players, who's the worst defender? It probably is Schwarber. So all these little things come into play when you have an imperfect roster, you're not very deep, and you're not scoring a lot. So what you're just saying there, Jesse Rogers in Pittsburgh talking Cubs, Murph and Fred ESPN 1000, what the real question is, okay, third base, who's the better defensive third baseman, Bryant or Bodie? And left field. Who's the better defensive left fielder, uh, Bryant or Schwarber? Now you got to put the two together with an equation. If I'm weakening myself at third, which I think we all agree when you go from Bryant to Bodie, am I strengthening myself equally or more when I go from Schwarber to Bryant? That's my question. I don't know how big of an upgrade it is defensively, but, you know, you see all the games. We get John DeWan on the phone with the metrics. Do you think it's a major upgrade in left field from Schwarber to Bryant? Um... Yeah, I'm gonna. It's I don't know. Question. See, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's it, look, it's an upgrade, major, minor. I don't know, but, but enough to but offset on, the downgraded third. That's the question. On, yeah, right. But on paper, uh-huh. you pulled out the weakest of the three. But that's on paper. Uh-huh. For some reason, David Bodie has not had the defensive season he had last year. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Brian Butterfield about this today. A, a couple of the mistakes early in the season, it seems like, have gotten inside his head, and he just has continued to sort of go down that road and not wash away those mistakes. So in the past, I would have said this was absolutely the right alignment. But now this year, and again, with Kinsler and Ryan, you know you're using those two in the ninth. Those are ground ball pitchers. Maybe he did make a mistake. Maybe Bryant should have been in third base. It's a good question. It's a great debate. You know, last night, the other thing, too, that gets overlooked because they were actually winning two to one, but they had five hits off Joe Musgrove. I mean, Joe Musgrove goes seven innings. He got just two hits off or four hits off of him. They they just they continue to really not hit the ball, Jess. Yeah, I mean, Musgrove's numbers against them are just off the charts, not just last night. But uh, his earned run average was 4.71 going in, 8 and 11. Uh, yeah. It's a bad but team. But not against them, yeah. It's a bad Pittsburgh team. So someone's not doing something right in the video metrics department. I guess so. I don't know how Musgrove has their number, but yeah, he shut them down until that eighth inning, and they actually got to Vasquez. But how about how about let's give Joe credit? He left Kemp in <laughs> against Vasquez with yes. a man on third and less than two outs. And I asked him afterwards mm-hmm. because he thought Kemp had the best chance to make Lefty contact the, over Russell, we, over any yeah. of these guys, and he hit a triple. So let's give him credit. See, for that. there was that we talked yeah. about that earlier, Fred. Jesse, you're exactly right. He could have brought Russell in right there, righty versus the lefty. He let Kemp, Kemp had uh, unbelievable double play. He turned at second base, a four six three and a hundred and twenty mile an hour velo rocket exit number whatever it was and another nice play now i'm not saying he's the everyday second baseman but knowing joe he's gonna be playing second base while there's a lefty today's pitching so maybe not but he's gonna get to play a little at second base now yeah and you wonder if it's at least planted a seed um when russell's not available or playing short is he a better defensive option at second than Mm. anyone else i didn't know how well he could play defense at second and last night was by far his best game as a cub Mm -hmm. so at least he planned to see but the lefty on lefty at bat that was impressive so you know all these little things come into play there's they played so many tight games they're at the top of the league in these one or two run games played and they just have not come out on top that's going to be the difference maybe between winning and losing the division especially on the road here so Again, maybe the answer is just score enough and you don't have to worry about it all. So now that Addison Russell's back, you probably will never see Ian Happ at second base again? 
I don't know about never, but um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, starting, yeah, not late, starting, no. you'll, never, you'll never see it late in the game. Right. You won't see it late in the game. Uh-huh. Well, you when know, are you going to see him? Man- no, I think Fred's right on this one. I think Fred's yeah, right. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there could be a matchup he starts at second because well, Castellanos and and and, uh, and Schwarber are out there with Hayward. But yeah. you're you're essentially right. It's Murph. You've watched this game for so. It's amazing how the ball will find, find the weakest yeah. link. Fred, we now, said not that every about night. Not every <laughs> night. Yeah, not every night, but enough nights oh, that yeah. you go ahead and you, you call up your best uh, you know, defensive second baseman mm. from, from the minors. It's amazing, amazing. And, and maybe a day too late, too, right? Maybe. And yeah. they were thinking about doing it anyway, I know. Which, is, yeah. which is just amazing <laughs> oh, that, it, that it found it. And yeah. it found Bodie last night. They again, waited a day. To, that's because the general manager is also in charge of duct taping everything together after it already goes bad. Jesse Rogers' final minute. Jesse, the fans only voted, as we said, 14% mad at, uh, at Joe Madden. But that's all. You'd think it was 80-90%. The fans want to get rid of him. Let me ask you this. This is pretty simple. There's only so many reasons, Fred, that you would uh, probably get rid of a, a manager, all right? Number one would be you're losing, and we went through that earlier. He, he allows beer and chicken in the in the uh, dugout yeah, or locker was, room. Okay, I yeah. thought that was Theo. That was Theo in Boston when they all. <laughs> they were, that's when the whole thing blew yeah, up. They, but but he, they didn't let him. I mean, that's not why they let him go. Well, well they, Theo they lost let control. The manager go, yeah. And the owner said, I'm, "You're spending how much of my money on these seven guys that free agents that can't play dead?" Yeah. Wow. What do you know? Goes around and comes around. Next reason you might get rid of a uh, field manager. He's not following my orders. I'm telling him this. I'm telling him that, being the GM. I'm telling him this. All right, I don't know. I'm just saying what they could be. Another one could be, you know what? He's getting too much. He's too big in this town. He's got a restaurant. He's a big name. I don't need that anymore. I want someone I can push around cheaper and that'll take my orders. I mean, I don't know which it is. No one knows what it is. It's not the wins and losses that's been digested earlier this week. Do we have any idea what the real answer is? I think that the message becoming stale is a, is a, is a real thing. Um, players not reaching their potential um, as they as they showed early on under Madden. See, here, here's how I'd assess it from afar. Not afar. I guess I'm close. You know, he was so good at, at establishing a culture for young players to succeed earlier in their careers in a tough city like Chicago, Russell. Brian, even the stars, Brian, and then the the, the 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 ancillary players, even Bodie last year. But going back a few years, Al Moore, at least against lefties, he got those guys to buy into part-time play and have success. But as the years have gone on, they haven't gone to the next level. They haven't improved in their game. And it, I think it's surprised Joe as much as anybody. So as much as he made that environment comfortable, why hasn't he kept it going where these guys have improved their game and gotten better and been happy in part-time play and be team. I don't know. Like there's something, maybe the message is getting stale. It's not a foreign thing to, to, to coaching and managing that right. this comes up often but, after five, six well, years. You're right. But so, what about this? Maybe Al Moore is never going to be better. Uh, maybe maybe Hap is, will never maybe be better. Maybe Hap. And Schwarber's right. not chopped liver. Uh, where did that expression but goes, come but from? Murph, yeah. But Murph, it goes back to you can't fire twenty five. Sure, you might fire yeah. two or three. Mm-hmm. The first thing you do is try changing the message, the environment, I the, understand. the culture, and and I don't know. Maybe maybe post World Series, you when you need it, you need somebody else because you need a new message. You need a new, for lack of a better word, hunger. I'll tell you what it there. is: it's search for the guilty, 
Theo, Theo looking, who can I blame? Punishment of the innocent. Here's a guy that's blown the budget. The owner lost all confidence in him. Let me ask it is off the uh, track here, Jesse. Yeah. Do they have money trouble? Now, everyone laughed, and Fred, I laughed. Fred was perfect. He goes, oh, Gallagher, Wayne, Tavern, yeah. and all that stuff. Come yeah. on. Now, maybe, ba- problem. maybe, yeah, I what know, are we doing all of it? Maybe back in November, December, when, whose mattress cut, do we stick What do you in? mean you don't have a, a money for the budget for DJ LeMayhew? Though we never know if Theo would have assigned DJ LeMayhew, even if they gave him 12 million this year, because he might have been stubborn. I already looked bad once with that guy when I traded him for that big tub of goo, Theo Ian Stewart. Theo wakes up screaming, DJ LeMayhew! Yeah, yeah. Every day. But the TV thing, Jesse, and we're almost out of time, and this is old. This is a lot. But the TV thing, there have been some articles in the last week or two, you know, oh boy, no one really knows now what the next year, the, uh, the premiere package, and, you know, how that's going to work, and what carriers will cover it and carry it, and all that stuff. Do we know that he spent a billion dollars to re? Hab the uh, this old house, you know this old ballpark, right, right? And and that's money that you know he didn't just don't want to take out of his own pocket. Obviously, he's a billionaire. I'm not crying poor for him. But is there any chance that we're missing the bigger story that uh, they don't know what the t- maybe they planned on more TV money coming in and they're now they see it's not coming. I mean, it's possible. I haven't I haven't dived into that. No, I know it's, much, it's a but, big but, topic. You know, it's huge. but I don't think that had to do with last off season. Last off season. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I simplified it to this. The, the renovations uh, credit card bill came due, yeah. and they had to pay that instead of players. That, that's that's how, as, as simple as I'll put it. Their, their expenses were high for whatever reason, and they didn't want to you know, dip into their other drawers, as you right. like to say. more. Right. But in, for, for, for next offseason, first of all, they're going to have money because Hamill, Zobers, guys are coming off the books. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe the TV money isn't quite there or even the sponsorship money i i, I haven't do, di, dove yeah, into that right. as much but last off season something strange did happen in terms of things came due expenses were higher than it should have been it's like my wife at home you spend too much you better scale back next month so well. something something as simple as that i mean as simple and complicated as that happened by the way real quick yeah i would have voted the same way i would have said players uh uh management and then and then joe okay. but that doesn't mean Joe's above criticism. No, and no, you've no. heard me criticize yeah. him. He's no, no. not. But I would put it in that order. Yeah. I think these players have been treated like royalties since 2016 by by the team and the fan base, and they haven't exactly returned the favor. They've done right. well, but not well enough. That's my assessment. Yeah, and Daddy Ricketts cut off the checkbook the Beach Boys sang many years ago, and she'll have fun, fun, fun till her daddy takes the T-bird away. Theo <laughs> had fun, fun, fun till Daddy Ricketts took the checkbook away. So, uh... We will find. You know what? No one ever talks about firing him. Here's why don't they say fire Theo and give Joe a two year extension? Theo's got two years left. Has anyone fire, ever brought that up? Fire Theo well, and, no. let, and let Hoyer do his job. I'm sure there's some people that feel that way. Uh, I was going to say, you know, Jed's the safest guy of all of them, right? I oh mean, yeah. Any criticism t- directed towards Jed is really directed towards Theo. Right, but, he's, right. Yeah, he's so, Bobo number one, and Jason under- McLeod's Bobo number two. <laughs> when you underachieve, there's enough blame to go around. Yeah. I, it's an imperfect roster, and I don't think Joe is completely maxed out on it this season. That's mm-hmm. that, so that that there's blame on two fronts, and then of course the players have not yeah. held up their end of the bargain. And of course, you remember 25 years ago when I said the six steps of any new uh, program. Uh, in the beginning, it's optimism and enthusiasm. Then eventually, it's disillusionment. Then panic. Here we are, number four. Search for the guilty.
And number five, punishment of the innocent. Six, reward and honor for the non-participants. That would be Jed Hoyer. He'll get I'd, the like, re- to th- I'd yeah. like to think on Twitter that I'm being punished as the innocent. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's firing on me because they, they keep blowing these games. I thought you were going to say punished because you had to come on with Murph and Fred for 24 minutes. That's only once no, a that's week. No, pl- that's not ah. punishment. That's a pleasure. God love you. Now I know he's been had yeah. something in that coffee. Yeah, I'll go buy another book. <laughs> I'll buy two more books. <laughs> Irish coffee. Thanks, Jesse. See you, Murph. All, All right, right buddy. All right, buddy. <sighs> See, you're pounding some Irish coffee in, in Pittsburgh. Yeah. He ain't chopped liver. That's Jesse. I drove through Pittsburgh one time uh, a couple of a couple, month or so ago. You, fast as you could. No, it's actually pretty cool. I, I uh, wanted to get I wanted to get further into it. I didn't have a chance, but uh, I, I can't wait. I, PNC Park looks like a great place oh, yeah. to go to. It's very so, nice. Yeah. As long as you stay right across the river in the team hotel and you walk right over back and forth, it's yeah. fine. Yeah, we were a little bit further north. We were yeah. over by uh, Duquesne and yeah. some of the colleges. And that. It was cool. It was okay. Hey. How about the Little League? Uh, they got some rules now in Little League where you can't steal signs. Did you see that? I heard about oh, it. Oh, boy. How are they going to prevent that? Any of our earlier topics? Finally have a few empty phone lines. Jump oh, in. the lineup for you, too. Oh, and the wild card. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no Kemp. No. You got a big hit. Well, there's a lefty the pitcher. Bench. Lefty pitcher. Uh, Fred's got the bad yeah, news. Yeah, he got the hit off the lefty. <laughs> the wild, You're right. Yeah. The wild card standings. Bad news for, at least this morning, for Cubs fans. It's ESPN 1000. Busy day. Hope you're having a great Saturday, Murph and Fred, till noon. And uh, Fred, a couple birthday wishes to two of, uh, I can say, our favorite guys. I'm with confidence. uh, My favorite guys. But their birthdays were yesterday. And I didn't know that I heard people wishing happy birthday. You know, so it's still okay, right? They're still celebrating. Eddie Olchek. That's right. Eddie O. Eddie. Yeah, I think he was actually in Saratoga betting the horses. Oh, I bet he was. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Saratoga. Wasn't that from You're So Vain with uh, Carly Simon? Yeah. And your horse. They have a short, they have a short race. Uh, meet, it's like eight weeks, if that. You went to Saratoga, and your horse That's naturally won. Naturally won. won. Yeah. And happy birthday to Tom Thayer yesterday. Tom Thayer's birthday, too? Yeah. Bill number 57? I'll tell you. I love Tommy's the best. Isn't he the best? Yeah, yeah, he breaks stuff down. When you're listening to uh, him on the on the Bears broadcast, yeah. he breaks stuff down before there's a replay done. And it's amazing <laughs> that he's able to do that. And uh, congratulations to his broadcast partner, my guy I used oh, to work yes. with, Jeff Joniak, going yeah. to the Chicagoland Sports Hall of Fame. That's a, that's very cool. Jeff, nobody works harder than Jeff. Uh-huh. Nobody is more passionate than Jeff. Right. And nobody is so more anal than Jeff. <laughs> I can say that because yeah, yeah. I work with Jeff. Oh, I know you did. Jeff is very particular, yeah. and that's what makes him the broadcaster yeah. that he is. So that's that's great. It's great to see. We still got to get to the wild card into the lineups. Wild card to get to standings now. Just Cub, now it's important because the oh, Cubs yeah. are not in first anymore. And just in case Cub fans, you're just trying to figure out what the heck happened last night. Well, the Cubs fell out of first place. They're in second place, as Fred mentions. One game behind St. Louis. Two in the loss column. And uh, Milwaukee is in third place. Two back is St. Louis, which puts them just one game behind the Cubs. Yep. Yep. Final seven games of the year. uh, I'm sorry, seven of the last ten Ten. games of the year. Cubs play St. Louis. 
But the good news is four are at home and three are on the road in St. Louis. So you figure since they'll win the four at home, they'll lose the three on the road, they'll pick up one game. Yeah, probably. <laughs> they they do wrap up the season with six straight road games. Yeah. Three in Pittsburgh and then three in St. Louis. So Right. But um yeah, so right now the Cubs have the they share the second wild card spot with Philadelphia. So uh, and Philadelphia is red hot. So let's remind everyone: uh, two teams from the National League will be wild card finalists and will play one game against each other. The worst part about the wild card it's terrible in the National League is you play each other, and then the winner plays the best team in the league. So whoever wins the wild card game is going to play the Dodgers. Well, I believe and the Dodgers are like most people are expecting a Dodger Yankee well, World Series. I see. I think that's the way it ought to be. You barely you were invited. No, 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 I don't think there should be two wild cards. I think I think we talked about it. Okay. there should be just the one. Yeah, so because the one wild card who barely gets in should play the best team in the National League. Get rid of the uh, other round of playoffs. Now that's five games, right? Five games. Well, the wild yeah, card yeah, that first five round. Games. Right. All right. Because you would both be playing. So you you'd be the wild card team and you would play the number one team and you play in five games. So here's what I think. So the uh let's say the Cubs are the wild card team for winning. They win the one game playoff yeah. or whatever you want to call it, tiebreaker. Then they'd play the Dodgers five games, right? This is what I've always thought. All five games should be at LA or yeah, I know I don't or I don't. four of the five. Yeah, I there should be a disadvantage to be invited to the big dance, if you will, uh-huh. through wild card. Here's a team, the Dodgers, or whoever has the best record in either league every year. You win the most games in your league, and then the team that eked in backwards with the wild card, you know, all of a sudden you got to play them five games. There should be more of an advantage or disadvantage to the wild card team. 2-1-2 two, two is what I would do. Yeah. Not uh, three games and two games, but they don't ask me. Yeah. No, I, I would... I think it should just be the one wild card team. I so, think the two wild card team is ridiculous. So Washington is in has the best wild card. They're two and a half games up on the Phillies and the Cubs are tied for that second all important uh, wild card slot. But right behind them, the Brewers, the and Brewers, the Mets. and the Mets are two behind. It's yeah, one. Th- it's five teams jammed up within about four and a half games. And the, when the Cubs do come home, they get San Francisco and Washington. Yeah. So it's not like the e- easy right now. The Giants are playing. The Giants are playing real well. Yastrzemski hit three homers last night. Right, how about that? And it wasn't even Hawks' buddy. Right. Yeah. And so, Ka- and Kyle Yastrzemski is about ninety. Oh, yeah. is he still? I don't even know. He's still alive. He's 80 he is, years yeah. old. He had three homers yeah. last night. Yastrzemski had three homers last night, and they win by a 10-9 to score over Arizona yeah. at Arizona. Yeah. So, and Jeff Samarja started that game, but I don't think he was, was around at the end. Marty's been holding forever. Should we give, let Marty jump well, in? tomorrow the Cubs play in Williamsport. Marty's in Northbrook. Hey, Marty, is that you? It sure is. How you guys doing? What's up, Marty? Good, Marty. You've been holding forever. I apologize. We had Jesse. No, we- that's cool. Yeah, it's hard That's to quite all right. interrupt Jesse. Hey, listen, I, I, heard, I heard a rumor, maybe you guys can track this down, that Major League Baseball wants to help the Cubs get their act together and get going. So they're going to let Joe use Little League rules on Sunday night ah. where you can pinch run for people. Yeah. You you can re, you take somebody out in the third, put them back in in the fifth or sixth. Yeah. Uh, no no stealing off LaCroix or Caratini. You guys hear okay. anything about that? Yeah, because they're going to have the 60-feet bases. The 60 foot Only bases. for the Cubs. Yeah. <laughs> and the pitcher's mound's 45 feet. 
And they got the expandable fences. Yeah. When the Cubs are up, it's 200 around. Yeah. When it, and then it'll go back to like 350. Yeah. It'll be 400 yeah, feet to center when the other when the Pirates are batting and 200 feet to center when the Cubs are batting. I like that. Yeah, I do, too. I don't know if they're going to make Schwerber hit opposite handed, but that would be fun, too. So. <laughs> oh, they should make Javi do it because everybody liked the one time he did it. Could you imagine, Javi? You ever play 16 in softball, Chicago-style, oh, yeah. Marty, slow pitch? Oh, line? absolutely. Oh, we all did, yeah. Could you imagine Javi batting left-handed with that swing he took, even though he popped it up? <laughs> that thing go about six, be over on the uh, you know Lakeshore Drive he, from Margate Park. He popped it up. It still went more than 300 feet. It was amazing. <laughs> he went pretty far. Well, he's got that Rizzo swing. I don't know if you saw that comparison, but they're identical. So oh, it the, would be fun to watch. As a lefty. Thanks, Marty. Yeah, okay, you know what? He, uh, and, and he went down to the knee like Rizzo does quite often, too. Rizzo does that a Can lot. Can you imagine if he hurt himself? No. Yeah, I, what would have happened? The last thing you need is for him to... Oh. He, he got sick and didn't feel good, and it was one game, and then it was a bad thing. I mean, what if, he had to play Pody at short. What if he like, pulled a back muscle doing that? It would have been... Hasn't he had back problems before? I think my is his head back probably before. How about Fernando Tatis Jr.? My back is killing me. I don't know about anybody else, but yeah. When did you get that week back? Yeah, about a week back. See, it's very that people think that's an easy joke to set up. It's not. No, because everyone <laughs> bollocks it up. Bollocks is it up. You go, hey, uh, I, when, uh, when did your back start hurting? Oh, about a week back. No, no, when did you get the week back? About a week back. God. Yeah, no, I don't know. And Fernando Tatis, I mean, for White Sox fans, I know he's a tremendous player. He's the National League Rookie of the Year candidate, and he already missed a month, and he's got 20 homers, and he's got like 50 ribbies. And now what happened? He's hurt? Yeah, he's out for the rest of the year. He, he's messed up his back on a swing. How can you be 20 years old and mess up your back swinging a bat? I, maybe he's too tall. I don't know. He's too tight. Could be. It's too much of something. Yeah. No one talks about that anymore, do they? No. No. Well, actually, actually, Jeff Passan, who we had on earlier, he? he thinks that all the players are using, are dosing. Yeah. What's, a, what's a low dosing or whatever? Using. And um, yeah. so, you know, to be honest with you, he didn't have a problem, and I don't have a problem with it either if it's just to keep them healthy and on the field. Yeah. That's fine. If it gives them an advantage, then I have a problem. Well, what it. about the guy that... I agree, but what about the guy that doesn't want to use it? No, I don't. Then he's at AAA. Yeah. So you're forced to he use doesn't it. Make, he doesn't make well, the uh, league. Well, you're, so you're yeah. forced to use, to compete. Uh, or you just got to work harder to stay healthy. If everybody but you's using, it's going to be tough to make the big yeah, leagues. Sure it is. That's oh, I got the biggest a, problem. I got a little league note here. So, uh, Rhode Island uh, Little League team... Uh, of the New England region's representative from Barrington, Rhode Island, New England's regional uh, representative in the Little League World Series. You're going to be able to catch that on ESPN, right? Oh, it's constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's on all the time. Oh, it's fun. Yep. Has been accused of stealing signs to get to the pinnacle of the uh, sport. Like a stop sign at the corner or something? Port, Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. Now, anything electronic... No, that's wrong. You should be suspended, banned, big league, little league. Like if you got someone with a you know camera out in center field right. and then they're relaying it in and you're you know, you got your Fitbit on the mound and they're turning or whatever. But so I read on and it's just the old fashioned. The guy on set little runner on second base, little twelve year old's looking in, he's seeing the catcher's 
signal. And uh, one for fastball, two for curve. And he's telling him. And he's like, you know, wiping his uh, forehead, which is a fastball, or touching his knee, which is a curveball. And everyone's all upset about this. They want to prohibit him, strip him, and throw him out of the uh, tournament. Figure out better signs. It's prohibited at the little league level. Well, just say say we're not doing it. With pitchers, with players and coaches being subject to ejection from the game, Little League has put that in. Listen, these kids, you want them to grow up and be able to adjust in this world. Let them realize that everybody's cheating. (laughs) <laughs> this way they'll realize. They won't be so shocked when they get into the real world and real, realize everyone's cheating. I'll give better signals. Everyone's looking for that one little break. Do a triple pump, boom, 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 with the whiteout on your fingernail. Yeah, do something like that. I don't Come know. Come on. Hey, the rain's hopefully letting up because the guys over at Fields, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Glenview, they're waiting for you. Come on in. They got a lot of cars to show you. Check out the Jeep Gladiator, an unbelievable vehicle. They're waiting for you because they've got prices for you. And when you go in there, the price you see is the price you get. It feels they want to earn your business. They will never mislead you. Go on over to Fields, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Glenview, or visit them at fieldcjd.com. Hey, when we return, have a couple interesting uh, Bears angles. Sticking still, we have a Sox Twitter poll that's been out there. We'll return with that. Addison, Russell, Andy, and happen to line up. Of these four, who's more key to the future of the White Sox rebuild? Eloy. Louis Robert, Johan Moncada, or Tim Anderson, and have a butternut bread, white bread story when we return. If we have time, it's okay. ESPN 1000. What do you think the Sox fans voted here, Fred? The Twitter poll question was, of these four names, Eloy, Louis Robert, Johan Moncada, and Tim Anderson, Who's more key to the future of the rebuild? What do you think the fans said there? Uh, I think they said Eli. Okay. Louis Robert, pretty big. Coming up in center field, your third base in Mankata. I still have some about if Tim Anderson can succeed, they don't have to worry about filling and getting a new shortstop. So maybe it's under the radar key. But uh, what do you think? And what the what do you think the fans uh, say there? Uh, let's bring in Sean. Sean, what were the results? Uh, Tim Anderson got 12% of the vote. That's well, those are all mine. <laughs> Yoan Makata <laughs> yeah. got 25% of the vote. Mm. Louis Robert got 23% of the vote. There you go. And Eloy Jimenez, or Eloy, or Alloy. Alloy, as Bill Walton as said Bill last Walton night. Said, yeah, he's, right. he has a heavy metal. He's an alloy. Uh, Fred, the Cubs lineups are in, huh? Batting order? Yeah, Boy. Hayward in center, Castellanos in right, Bryant at third, his familiar place. Uh, Rizzo at first, and Baez at short. Russell, that's right, Addison Russell starting at second base. Versus a lefty, right? Ian Happ is in left. Mm. Lucroy is at okay. uh, behind the plate, or Lucroy, as Jesse says. And Lester is pitching. I've never heard it said, LaCroix. You know and, who does? And, Jim Deshaies. Yeah, I, I was going to say, until <laughs> until he came to the Cubs. Now his uh, name's changed. Maybe he wants to change his name to make sure it's, um, you know, said correctly, I guess. Well, I'll just say this. I have a great butternut bread, white bread story, but okay. we're out of time. Oh, Can geez. you wait till next week to hear that story, Fred? How am I going to have a grilled cheese without a butternut white bread story? That's part of the story. I'm sure it is. Velveeta. You should never make grilled cheese on anything but white bread. I tried it with wheat. Eh, no, it's with, okay, but... Vel- eh, not, you got a Velveeta. You know, it's hard to f- bread, nah, it doesn't work. It's hard to find Velveeta now. Remember, it used to come in a big block. Yeah. 
<laughs> Only in the, in the single shingles now. Oh, you don't like that. Nah. Uh-uh. Tasted good, though. It still does. Want to thank all of our two guests today. Arthur Arkish, check out Pro Football Weekly. We don't have to thank Jesse. It's his job. PFW.com. The little guy, Jesse Rogers. He called from the press box there. He had a nice, clean phone line. We liked it very much. Sean Davis, all of his help. I'll be back tomorrow from 10 until 12. Hopefully not talking about another walk-off. Maybe this time a walk-off. Well, it can't be a walk-off win for either one. Both the Sox and Cubs are on the road. Murph and Fred saying thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. And see you later, everybody.